following podcast is for entertainment purposes suitable for viewers 18 or older. If you enjoy it, please follow our channel. Hey guys, thanks for watching the show. Before we get started, if you like the show and want to support us, the best ways you can do so is by subscribing to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Also by telling your friends that we got a hilarious show they should check out. Also, I really recommend checking out our Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We make a lot of great bonus clips from each episode and put them up there. It's also the best way to ask us questions and get featured on the show. But thanks for watching and listening, and let's get into the episode. Rolling. Nick, thanks for coming on, my man. Yes, sir. So, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this know you already, but for all the people who don't, do you want to give a, you know, a quick summary of all the shit you've been up to lately? Yeah, man. Well, I mean, obviously I graduated with you, right, from here in Watford City. Uh, went to Alexander every year before that. I didn't really get along with the superintendent there, so I went to... Watford City. Why? I didn't know Saturday detention was a thing. Were you a bad kid? <laughs> nah, I didn't go to school, to be honest. So I had oh. to make up for my absences with Saturday detention. And at Watford City, I wasn't at school either, but it was a lot easier. I just had to write a note to Cranston to explain why I was gone. And that, and I didn't even need the credits anyways. I already had enough to graduate. <laughs> so I well, didn't you, really care. <laughs> you live far away too, though, right? Uh, well, at that From time. Watford, I guess. At that time, I lived up in um, Keene, actually, with my old man. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it, it made a little bit of sense to just come down to Watford versus driving all the way to Alexander. That was a long drive. Mm-hmm. Um, that and I already knew, like, well, you and Jameson and stuff. We played sports and things together. I already knew a lot of people in Watford. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were all really good buddies. Yeah, yeah, because before that, when you lived there, you played basketball with us. Right, because they didn't have enough kids to have their own sports team, so they co-opted with Watford, so we'd hop on a sports bus, which was – just an SUV, it was no bus. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. we didn't have enough kids for anything. And uh-huh. then just hopped on that, come over here at like 3 o'clock, so we'd be here by 3.30, practice at 4. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that that's a thing that I fucking, we saw a lot. So for anyone who's not in North Dakota or doesn't live like around small towns or something, I remember there was there was different divisions. There was uh, towns that would only have like, football especially, they would have like six-man football, right? Yeah, we had six-man football over there because my junior year was the first year that, that we were the first football team in 27 years, um, and then we were the oh first basketball gosh. team in 12. Fucking revolution! I mean, I'm not even gonna lie though. We kind of got we were that was a rough season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no one ever coached six-man football before, so we're like, how do we even play this game at mm-hmm. first? Like nobody even knew like what kind of plays should we be doing. We didn't know anything. Yeah. And the quarterback, like a weird thing about six-man, the quarterback. Whoever receives a snap. So let's say, you know, you got your center and you're in shotgun, right? Well, you're not going to have any running backs right beside you. Everyone's pretty much going to be on the line because every single person's eligible for a pass in six-man, including the center, which is kind of different. And you can use that to your advantage, like, a lot. (laughs) Do some wacky ass. Oh, yeah. Some schoolyard bullshit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can do some fun stuff with it, no doubt. But if I was, like, I'm the quarterback, so I'd take the snap, I couldn't cross the line of scrimmage. I can't run the ball, which makes it tricky because you can't just get in tight spot and take off cross the line of scrimmage. Then you'll immediately get a penalty. That makes sense, though, because I feel like that would be a lot easier with the quarterback doing that with only six people. But, yeah, like, that's something that these towns had to do, though, just because they didn't have enough fucking kids. Right. I mean, it's a fun game, though, but six men, it's more of a running game than anything, to be honest, because it's so much open field. True. True. But yeah, you went to high school with us. You graduated with us. We're the, we were in the same grade. We're the same age and shit. I was going to go into the a military. It was the plan. And then I couldn't. Um, they wouldn't let me in. I went to MAPS twice. Failed the hearing test in my left ear. 
really? multiple times. That's why I couldn't get in. Oh, I had I had no idea why. Oh, I was supposed to really hadn't talked to you about that much, but yeah, I uh, that was that was really ultimately the plan because I didn't really know what I was gonna do. I had no yeah. idea what I was gonna do after high school, and I'm like, well, you know, the military it gives you a lot of discipline, right? Mm-hmm. So. In my mind, I was like, it can't be a bad idea. And I was going to go in for mechanics is what oh. I was going to do. Um, and I went to MEPS for uh, the Army, and I did the hearing test. And they're like, well, you missed it by like five decibels, which is one more click of a button. And I'm like, okay. So they, they sat down and had me do it again. And I actually ended up doing worse. I missed it by 10 decibels Oof. a second time. And they're like, okay, well, we're just going to send you home. And my recruiter had me go to a specialist. So I went and did a hearing test in Minot. And I passed. I, I got the exact amount I was supposed to, which is 45 decibels on the 3,000th frequency in my left ear. Like, it's a wicked memory. <laughs> That's a weird thing. Well, why would they need to test your hearing, I guess? Well, I mean, well, other than, like, if it was, like, really severe, but I don't... Well, dude, well, well, that, How do they even test it? What well, do do? you know, you just put on headphones, just kind of like this, except for the ones that were at, at MAPS in Can Fargo. you hear me now? What's that? Can you hear me now? Like <laughs> you pretty much... Um, you know, and you you put on these headphones, and the one that I w- went to the specialist in Minot, it was headphones just like these. But the ones in Fargo were like earplugs that have a wire in it that go right in your ear. Mm, okay. Okay. And um, then they're just going to play different sounds, and you got to click the button if you hear it, like a certain like kind of beep, but it's going to be in different frequencies. And okay. the 3000s frequency, I cannot hear very well at all in my left ear. Um, why is, do you know Why? I am fairly confident it was from Prairie Dog Hunt when I was like 12 years old. And there was this lady that was with, and I was standing about a foot in front of the barrel. And I seen her pull up the gun, and I went to turn to get away, and she pulled the trigger. And I'm like a foot in front of the barrel. It was a 22-250. I couldn't hear for like a week. Oh, my gosh. I've never had anything that bad, but I've been shooting before and like... Just one of my buddies like went and shot or something when I I didn't have my fucking things on and I, my fucking ears would be like ringing for like a week or something. Oh, yeah. I've never lost my hearing though, but yeah, that's pretty fucking right. And then the, what was funny about the military thing though is like, <laughs> so I went in there to do the hearing test and the lady I'm now at the specialist right uh, up in Minot. Yeah, and uh, they go. Well, usually people come out of the military with hearing like this, so I'm not really sure why it's an issue to go in with hearing like this. That's <laughs> a good point. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know either, but then they denied me. <laughs> if anything, yeah, you're like, you're extra prepared, you know? <laughs> you already fucking got the hearing damage. <laughs> yeah, it's like well, that, that part's taken care of, right? I don't know. Yeah. My fucking, I think it's my right ear is fucked up. I don't know what from, but like just one year when I was a kid, I was getting a fucking, like a physical... You know, and they, like, um, take a look in your ears and shit. And I have a hole in my fucking, like, the lining of my eardrum or some shit. It doesn't affect my hearing at all, but if I go, if I swim underwater for, like, a long period of time or go, like, a certain depth, water will get in my fucking ear and I'll get swimmer's ear. Oh. And then it's just, like, it's weird. You like, I just feel, like, really nauseous and shit. It happened when we were, when me and my friend Andrew were in Idaho. We fucking, we were, like, uh, cliff diving, kind of, you know, off of the fucking bluffs or whatever mm-hmm. and there was one we did it on like a shorter one maybe like four like 40 foot and then we went to one that was like 50 or 60 foot and we were jumping off it and like the third time i went off i went into the water and i came out and my fucking head just felt weird like felt like my ears had to pop 
And I was just like, what the hell, man? Like, I must just got a little water in my ear or something. And then I go again, come up, and my head is just throbbing. And I'm like, oh, fuck, dude. So I just sat in the car for a bit. And then, like, after a couple hours, like, we went and ate and shit. And then I had to go to the fucking doctor, dude. My ears were just fucking, like, I, I was puking and shit. Oh, it, like, wow. it, like, threw, throws off your equilibrium or whatever, you know? So you feel all nauseous and shit. Yeah. It was, it was weird. But th- th- that was the worst time it happened to me. And then, yeah, we went to the fucking doctor, and they just said, like, like, um, it wasn't too bad to where they would have to like, you know, like pop my fucking eardrum or whatever and let the fucking pressure out. But it was like all inflamed and shit. Mm. Yeah. That's kind of, I never had anything like that happen. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's kind of <laughs> hard to say I understand, but I've got, it's... we've got really sidetracked now. Okay. So. <laughs> So you didn't fucking end up going into the army then. You're going for a mechanic, right? Yeah, I was so. just going to be a wheeled diesel mechanic in the in the military because it turns out when you come out, you can um, you have that certificate. That only really means so much, but it would definitely probably help with the idea of going into that career. Yeah, it would open more doors to where like if you wanted to get out of that and just be like a different type of mechanic or something. Right, because I mean, like even having the military on it alone is going to help you. You know, obviously with like the discipline and stuff like that. Um, yeah. That that's definitely going to help you with. Uh, you know getting some jobs and things but then if you like if i i thought i wanted to be a mechanic and then so that fell through right i couldn't do it go do that so it was like a last minute scramble and i end up like dad and mom talked me into go to college mm-hmm. big mistake <laughs> um now, where'd you go did you go to williston no i went to billings oh, okay because they had some kind of thing where we could go to williston for free right right when we graduated right yeah and I mean, I could have done that, and that would have been smarter because I didn't apply for any grants, any scholarships, anything like that, because I didn't figure out that I couldn't go into the service till about June after I'd already graduated. Oh yeah. So I missed that whole train. That's shitty. And were you, were you pretty fucking bummed out then? Uh, yeah, because I didn't really know what I was gonna do, to be honest. Yeah. And so then it was like a last minute scramble, and Emmett Johnson, a really good friend of mine, he was he already went to college in Billings for a year, mm-hmm. and um, I ended up. Well, okay, so I don't know if you remember this or senior year, we could go tour a college and it wouldn't count towards our absences. Like, we could go check out a college. So I utilized that because, I mean, dude, any reason I could not be in school, I wasn't there. (laughs) Like, I took advantage of all that. Sounds like you got kicked out of, (laughs) what was it, Alexander? Because you fucking... Well, nah, I didn't get kicked out of there. Well, you said the... uh Whatever the yeah, I figured out Saturday detention was a thing because they were like, well, you need to go to Saturday to to make make up for your absences, and I'm like, really? All right. So (laughs) I'm not gonna lie, I showed up to that drunk multiple times. Anyway, (laughs) they're like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm fine. Like, what do you mean? (laughs) Noble Saturday. Yeah. yeah, Like, what are you talking about? Maybe Saturday, eight o'clock in the morning. We just partied all night Friday. And like, we never went to bed. To we just show school. up there, just freaking. There was like three, me, Chris Wright, and Dusty Rogers and stuff like that. We yeah, just yeah. show up. This was so fucked up. Oh my god! <laughs> Saturday detention. Oh they're like, gosh. "What's wrong with you guys?" And we're like, "We're fine." What do you mean? And <laughs> they just pass out. Yeah. And <laughs> so, when you were going like uh, into the military, was that uh, you said a couple times you were because of the discipline? Was that like one of the main reasons you wanted to go? Yeah, um, yeah, because, like, in high school, I didn't really listen to anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, I just flat out wouldn't because I didn't want to, I guess. And I was right. well aware that might be a little bit of a problem. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I mean, I'm probably going to hate it, but after basic, I might listen to someone. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm sure I would just hate it. But 
that I figured I kind of probably got to figure that stuff out. And, um, you know, a, a big thing that I always did was – one of my biggest problems with school, right, was yeah. the fact that I was well aware they're teaching me stuff I'm never going to use. So I didn't understand why I needed to be there, mm -hmm. especially if I was passing. I had an A or a B in every class, even though I was rarely there. So I'm like, obviously, I'm not learning anything. I'm like, you guys really aren't teaching me anything. So I just wow. wouldn't go. Yeah. And um, I like I would come up with any reason not to be there. And it was kind of funny because I go from Alexander to Watford, right? And I had the coolest English teacher in Alexander. I'm not even going to lie. Mrs. Hall, she was super cool. And um, she was kind of like the school's mom, if that makes sense. You know, like you go to school and she's like, that's how you look at her is like mom. Yeah. And I have some other friends that went there and they say the exact same thing. Yeah, man. Yeah. She was super cool. Mm -hmm. And um, then I'm like, so I was nervous about that going from there to Watford and have, not having that kind of teacher anymore. But then it happened to be Miss Michael. All right, and she's cool. <laughs> now, yeah, she's not the awesome. same kind of, like, not like school mom cool, but just, like, you can mess with her kind of cool. Mm -hmm. You can joke around. And um, it was day number one of Watford City. We get these syllabuses in class and stuff like that, and she hands out this English book, and we're supposed to be reading this story. And I'm not reading the story. I'm reading the handbook, and I'm the only one doing this. And she's just like, look, she's like, Nick, why, why are you reading the handbook? You're supposed to be reading this story. And I, I looked at her, and this is the first time I ever met her. And I looked at her, and I'm like, well, it says right here that out-of-school suspension does not count towards your absences. And you also, it says right here, if I get into a fight, I'll get out-of-school suspension. So that means if I get up right now and I go punch Kale in the face, you're going to send me home for 10 days and it's not going to count towards my absences. So that's kind of what I'm leaning towards right now. And she's oh like, my Oh my good. <laughs> she's like, Oh my God. Like, do you not want to be here that bad? I'm like, I hate school. Yeah. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so I sat there and I would study the handbook to figure out how not to be in school. Jesus. And uh, just a loophole. <laughs> like I hated school. That so, bad. <laughs> but I needed English my senior year. That was one credit I needed. So, and that was third period. So I typically wouldn't show up till third period. Really? And then after after lunch, all my classes were all fitness stuff. So like it was all with Miss, um, who was that? Miss Carmen. Yeah, the fitness teacher. Yes, running two miles yeah. in the day, or the very first thing we would do, and then we'd do a bunch of push-ups and stuff like that. I mean, just a bunch of push-ups, bunch of pull-ups, sit-ups, things like that, just to try and get the count. Up there, and then you know, you have to get time to see where you kind of land when you even start basic. And I think you need, you need to be able to do like 15 or something like that in a minute. And then I got up to totally. the being able to do, I think it was like 82 in a minute. So they're like, Oh, yeah, you're fine. So you were fully prepared. Yeah, well, I thought so. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I probably am thinking that I'm fully prepared, but the lack of sleep to calculate all that stuff, too, probably not. But oh, <laughs> yeah, I got you. So then after that, when you found out you couldn't fucking going to that because of your ear what what was your what was your plans then well that's where i ended up going to college in billings yeah and um i went to college for auto tech for a semester which was the easiest thing i've ever done in my life because college is cool for the simple fact that your attendance counts for 10 percent of your grade so now i'm well aware i don't even need to be there 
Like, they can't just take your credit away for not being there. They can just only take away 10% of your grade. And I'm like, oh, all right, yeah. deal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I can, I can get behind this. I'm like, so whatever class I hate, I'm just not going to show up. Mm-hmm. So I did. I mean, I just, I just wasn't there. The dude's like, I would show up like once every two weeks. And he's like, <laughs> where have you been? And I'm like, I, here's your assignments that you assigned. And he's like, how'd you yeah. even get these? And I'm like, what's the fucking hold up? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean, dude? I passed. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I use that to my advantage, but also I went into college for the same thing that Emmett did, and he'd already been there for a year, so I had every test and every single assignment. So, I mean, I just cheated my way through the entire semester. I'm not oh, even wow. going to lie. Okay. And we just partied a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so did you graduate from there? Uh, hell no. I went to there for a semester, and then on, um, I kind of, it was a learning curve to understand that first off i don't want to be a mechanic for the rest of my life now that doesn't mean that i don't like turning wrenches now i do um yeah. but i couldn't see myself doing it for a living anymore that and the pay is really not that high i mean unless you got like your own shop then then you can do something with it but for the most part you're not going to make a lot of money and so how I looked at it was I'm going to go back home and I'm going to get in the oil field. And initially I wanted the drilling rig. So after the semester, I went home and um, I'm like, I'm not coming back. So I, I took all my shit with me and stuff like that. Emmett was kind of sad. We had a good time there. I mean, we did have a really good time. We did, we did Fight shit. Club and shit too. What? Oh, you yeah. Did Fight Club there? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> oh so like what me and Emmett would do is we go work out. And then after we got done working out two times a week, it was like, I think we did it Tuesdays and Thursdays. After we got done working out, we'd come back to the house and uh take like a short break and then then we would start fighting one another and we'd move the furniture out of the way in the living room and shit and just start duking it out Jesus. <laughs> and just bare knuckle yeah i tried to get him to get gloves and <laughs> yeah. he said no <laughs> he was like no no gloves the only thing you get a mouth guard i'm like god damn all right <laughs> so, you like legitimately like, like punch oh yeah and i mean face it, too oh yeah I, I i accidentally he ended up having to get surgery from it um Emmett he had to get surgery on his knee because I I blew he tried to put me into a triangle and I blew out of it and he freaking tore his meniscus and his knee flipped it upside down so he couldn't really straighten his leg Jesus Christ but but I mean he was already experienced because Cy had been teaching him and Cy was a combative trainer in the military that's what his job was was to teach people how to fight and then he was teaching Emmett because that's that Cy would be Emmett's cousin and then who Crichton. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but so I wanted to learn too, right? And yeah. So me and Emmett start doing this, and I hated hitting him in the face. I didn't want to because well, he's a good friend of mine, right? And, and I don't want to hurt him. Yeah, and like bare knuckle too is dangerous because like it's so much easier to fucking get like your face cut up and shit, right? Oh yeah, and yeah. um. So what we would do, he was like, well, we're not going like 100%. And I'm like, you know, all right. And that's what everyone always says. If even you put on boxing gloves when you're drunk, you're going to start with that concept. It's not going to end with that concept. I can promise that. Yeah, after you get like fucking hit in the face a couple times and pissed off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll get fired up eventually. Right. But I don't know what my thing was. Like, I didn't want to hit him in the face. And he's just flat out just fucking me up. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And what you would do, Emmett, I mean, I don't know if you know how he's built but he's built a lot like you he's tall as shit with long ass arms honestly yeah. i think so his, i think his wingspan is probably a bit longer than yours he's also a lot of leg and we're using yeah. kicks and shit too oh, so okay. like 
So he, he's, he's, he's got so much reach on me, man. And it yeah. was like impossible because <laughs> I thought I was fine. I'm like, he can't hit me from back here. And all of a sudden, whap, it's like, what the fuck? Anyway, uh, <laughs> it was some bullshit. Like, it was so unfair. <laughs> oh, my God. And anyways, so what I would do, and like I said, like, he's a good friend of mine. I didn't want to hit him in the face. I don't want to hurt him. But he would get me into a corner and just start fucking me up, just left or right. My head just bouncing back and forth. And it would pit, and he's trying to piss me off to get me to hit him back. Yeah. But I still wouldn't hit him in the face and this would really piss him off because what i would do is typically duck one of his right or left hooks it kind of depends and then i would just go for a left into his midsection and come around kind of on um like right on the side of his ribs or the right hook mm -hmm. and then that would get me out of that situation every single time and then i would get back and then he would come at me again and i would just go right to the ground i'm like we're going to the ground and so then <laughs> just because I, I was not bad on the ground yeah yeah. Um, he did actually put me into a triangle one time, though, and put me to sleep, but he only did that once. And the second time, I tore his meniscus trying to get out. This <laughs> is crazy. Did you guys would just do this, like, fucking weekly? Yeah, like, daily? two times a week. <laughs> oh, you had it planned out, too. Hey, man, we're Tuesdays gonna... and Thursdays, we beat the shit out of yeah, one another. We're just going <laughs> to fucking fist fight right here in the living room. <laughs> well, dude, it was fun. I mean, I'm not even going to lie. You get done with that. It was a hell of a workout. Like, we already got done working out. Now we're going to beat the shit out of one another. It's just like... <laughs> Where were you living? Was it at, like at a dorm in an apartment. apartment? I don't even know why we never had the cops called us because we'd be doing this like three o'clock in the morning, just throwing each other around. And the fucking neighbors never said anything. <laughs> no, but I don't know why because we're like slamming each other on the ground and shit. Yeah, what? The, and, and we're the second the story on this apartment. Yeah, I feel bad for the people under you. Yeah, no shit. So do I. Fucking fist fight in the living room. <laughs> just duking it out, listening to some music. Dude. And then we had, well, we had another roommate, too, Tell. He would just sit there and watch. Oh, he'd be the ref, huh? Yeah, well, nah, he wasn't ref and shit. He wasn't going to stop a damn thing. He'd just watch and laugh. He just, he just enjoyed <laughs> the show. Goddamn. Yeah, it was kind of fun, to be honest. So and, then after college, you uh you uh, Yeah, you I come back here. Drilling rigs? Well, that, yeah, that's what I was applying. I did a bunch of applications for, like, Patterson drilling, um, neighbors yeah, uh, cause that's good fucking money a lot of hours and like really hard work mm -hmm. good money. Well, that's where you make up all your money is the hours honestly you, you get a lot of hours and that's kind of how you make all your money doing it but that's what, so I applied for a bunch of them and then I got set up for some interviews but between the time of me applying for them and then the interviews getting set up I'd already reached out to somebody that I knew that worked at XTO and that was mm -hmm. Cody Netsker. he was actually production foreman and I called him about work, and he's like, well, we're not hiring. He goes, but let me reach out to some people for you. And I was like, oh, I really appreciate that. Thank you. You know, um, that was super nice of him. And he oh, started yeah. using his connections to see if he could find me a job. And nice. he did. He got me a job with Badlands Consulting. And um, I, they call me, and they're like, hey, we're well, like, you know, Cody Netsker says. They, or no, actually, it was kind of weird because it was – they said Al McDowell says you're looking for work, and I have no fucking clue who Al McDowell is. I'm yeah. like, well, I'm looking for work, but I don't know who Al McDowell is. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, oh, well, he's friends with Cody Netsker. And I'm like, oh, okay, right on. I'm like, well, yeah, I talked to Cody Netsker. He must have talked to Al, and then Al must have talked to whoever the hell this is. Right, right. And now they're talking to me about it, and they they just wanted to know if I wanted to go do some flow testing, just go sit on location 12 hours a day. And I'm like. Uh, and that's actually what my dad was doing at the time too. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm pretty interested. I'm like, well, what's what's a pay, you know? And they're like, seven hundred twenty dollars a day. And I'm like, all right, yeah. I mean, I'll do it. And they're like, all right. So, well, they're like, we have other applicants and stuff like that. But you live in the area, 
So that's going to be very beneficial, but let, we want to explore our options. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then three days later, he calls me. It was like one o'clock in the afternoon. He's like, can you get out to location by three o'clock this afternoon? I'm like, I do. I don't even have any FRs and yeah. I got to, I got to go live out there. Like I'm staying in an ice house on location. I'm getting paid for $30 an hour for 24 hours a day. The whole time I'm out there, that's where the 720 a day comes from. And they haven't even officially told you. Yeah, like, dude, I didn't even sign a damn thing. Like yeah. I'm nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, all right, let's do it. Uh -huh. So I just, I take off to town, <laughs> dude. I buy a bunch of food. I buy FRs. I got one pair of FR jeans. I got one oh, FR coat. Just ready for anything. Yeah, I'm like, fuck it. I get out there and start working. And I liked it, um, sort of. I mean, I don't really like staying out on location. Like, I would rather go home, right. personally. Yeah. I would like, rather spend my night at home than I would in an ice house on a location. That's not as fun. Right. Were you by yourself there? Or were you sleeping? Well, there okay, so workers in there too? No, nah, it's just me, but then there was a night shift guy that would sleep during the day in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like we had our own sheets and shit like that. Right on. Right um on. <laughs> fucking ice house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I go on days off. Nine days in, you know, I go on days off. I get my first oil fuel paycheck and my jaw just drops. I like see that and I'm like, What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my god. And so I take off, go back to Billings. I'm going to go party it yeah. up with Emmett. I'm going to spend this all right now. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I didn't really go do that. But we went and we had a good time. And then I come back. Or actually, no, while I was in Billings, I get a call from Al McDowell. Now I get to figure out who uh -huh. the hell this guy is. Yeah. And he's like, hey, would you like to do pumping instead of flow testing because you live in the area? We need a new pumper. And I'm like, yeah, I'm down because now I can go out there and work and I can come home at night and all that other shit. Was, so there, then, any, was there any pay difference? Um, nah, it was 30 bucks an hour, but now I'm on, I'm not going to be paid for 24 hours a day. So like the same hourly oh. rate, but I'm only going to be working for like eight to 10 hours. Yeah. So like a substantial pay cut, but you're, you'd be used to getting, but like I said, I only got one paycheck from that and I'm, but it's 30 bucks an hour while you're in training. But the second that you get started out going out and, um, like on your own pumping your own routes, you're like not in training anymore. You're training. Yeah. Cool. We're going to put you to work. You immediately go from 30 an hour to 45. Very so nice. I went through the training for two months, and then they put me out on my, my own route, and now I got that pay bump to 45, and I'm working my ass off. Like, I didn't I didn't want days off. They're like, how much you right, want work? Right. I'm like, well, dude, just fill up the schedule, man. Like, I'm here to work. Like, dude, I'm single. And actually, no, I had a girlfriend when I first started that job, to be honest. Uh -huh. I did. And then that, that was short-lived, though. But whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it didn't matter. Besides <laughs> the point. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I started just grinding. I immediately started looking at the idea of, like, buying a house and stuff like that. And, wow, uh, yeah. like, I was right out the gate. And very good money then, yeah, yeah. Well, dude, yeah, because, okay, so I didn't I didn't understand what it was to have more than, like, I, I would fence over the summer, and I never really had anything more than, like, 1200 bucks in my account. So I thought that was a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And then after one hitch of the oil field, you know, like, that, that was paycheck seven grand right there. I only worked for nine days. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. And... I'm like, what? And <laughs> and so now I'm trying to just save up to ten grand, right? And then after doing just I, I was in the oil field for I think one month and I already broke that ten grand mark. I'm like, cool, I got ten grand now. Now I'm looking at twenty, all right. And then now I'm getting this oh, pay yeah. bump to forty five and I'm not taking days off. Hell no. They're asking me how much I want to work. I'm like, ah, I I wanna work like this as money as much as you yeah, want. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm and then dude, I smacked out twenty grand by I think month number two. Like I was just freaking dude, I was on a roll. And and I just I got to that mark, and now I'm like, all right, now I want a pickup. So then I went and bought a pickup. Of, of and, course, of course, yeah. <laughs> and um, 
it got a new pickup and I put quite a bit of money in that thing. That was my six four. That was really fast. Um, How long was was like this point after you graduated? Um, I had that job by January eighth, so it was still over Christmas break of college. Oh wow! Like okay. like it was very rapid. Yeah. Got it. Got out of college, and like. Uh, whenever they go on Christmas break, I don't even remember. I want to say it's either the very beginning of December or it might actually not. Nah, I feel like you go on break at Thanksgiving and you, that it just will push you into the break for Christmas break or something like that. I got you. Yeah. I, if I recall correctly, About your pumping job. Honestly, it's, I think it's pretty lucky. I guess, you know, they say a lot of the oil field is just like who you know. Oh, a hundred percent, man. Getting jobs like that, but like going right away to um, what did you say it was like flow testing or something? Yeah, I only did the one hitch. I was still with the same company, you know. I went from yeah. flow testing right into pumping, and then I went through that training process, and um, which was actually a lot of fun. And these guys, <laughs> on day number three, he was like, asked me if I wanted to go curling which I had no idea what curling. Well, I'm yeah, like, well, like, I knew. Like, no, I was confused. I'm like curling. I'm like, you mean like the Olympic sport curling? <laughs> and he goes, yeah. And I'm like, you guys do that? Where the <laughs> fuck do you go to do that? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh. like how did you find this? And um, th- this was day number three in training. And um, he's like, well, you know, it's a good time. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I'll go with. Like, sure, why not? I did it one time doing lifetime sports, I think. And um, I was like, yeah, let's do it. So he was like, all right, pack a bag for Wednesday night. And I'm like, okay. He's like, we got a meeting at XTO Thursday morning. It was a pumpers meeting every Thursday. Yeah. And we go there for that curling. And I did not understand that there was a lot of drinking involved with this. Can Can I ask real quick, what do you pack in your bag to go curling? Oh, no, no. He meant just pack a bag to stay the night at their place. Oh, I thought he meant like pack a curling bag. <laughs> oh, no. Nah, I don't have any freaking equipment for this shit. What do you mean? Is, is curling the, uh, the the thing with a big like... It's like a stone. It's like a stone weight yeah. so you have the handle and you just kind of like... like a really soft, gentle roll. It's almost like on the bowling ice. on ice. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, except for you're not really trying to hit pins. You're just trying to get the ball or the rock to stop. Like in a certain vicinity, right? Yeah. Then you go against the other guy. I got you. Yeah, I mean, it's not really the most exciting sport, to be honest. Like, it's not really at all. But, I mean, I think they just use that as a reason to go have a good time. It sounds fun. It's kind of like, what's like, like shuffleboard? Yeah, well, no, I never played that, to be honest. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's fun to do. It's probably not so much fun to watch. Well, unless you're talking about us drunk out on the ice trying to do this, then that's a little bit different <laughs> yeah. because there's people. I think we t- had to take one person to the hospital, to be honest, because he freaking slipped on the ice so bad, just freaking cracked his head on Oof. the ice. Yeah. But there was <laughs> – then he was fine. He was fine. Um, I, I, I think we were just kind of nervous that he might have a concussion or something for oh, a minute. Okay, yeah, so like, like, was not he, was like, he wasted too? Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay, be smart to take him in. <laughs> And then we got back that night, you know, and then we started playing poker. And I think we went to bed at like two o'clock in the morning. I was super hungover for this pumpers meeting. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how do you guys do this? But they're like, we work hard, we play hard. I'm like, all right, I'm down, whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm freaking 18 years old. And, I, and and they all knew I was. And they also well, I had a fake ID at the time that was very efficient. Oh, I got you. So I, I, got you. I would go out to the bars and stuff. And it's kind of funny when you actually turn 21 to go to the bar and it's the same bartender you've now been a local at this bar 
and then you turn 21 and you use the real one and they're like well, i thought you were like 23 and i'm like eh, nah 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 i'm 21 <laughs> well they can't really do anything now <laughs> and, hell no they can't <laughs> all they could do is really just get themselves in trouble you know i even gave like somebody a pointer that's been serving me for like three years and i'm like did you guys are not like you really didn't catch anything on that id did you she's like no and i'm like uh, well, i mean it wasn't that hard well, what, what's the key to it catching the uh well it depends on the idea mine particularly was wyoming one is the exact same one um that I think Jameson had, to be honest, from yeah. the same place. Really? And, um, yeah. So the the biggest catch on that one was definitely the height. It's supposed to be in just inches. I'm five foot nine, so it should say 69 inches. Instead, it said five foot nine inches. It's not supposed to say that. Oh, and that's the people who made it. They fucked up, huh? Well, yeah, they just did that. No one really ever hardly caught that. There was only one person that did, and I actually argued with him to the point he gave me my ID back, and I just left the bar. Oh, wow, that's good. <laughs> he was a nice guy, honestly. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, he just gives it back to me. He's like, then I can't serve you. Do you want anything else to drink? And I'm like, nah, I'm just going to go to the next bar, man. He's like, all right, you have this back. <laughs> that's pretty cool. So how long did you work for that company doing like the pumping? Uh, I worked for them for a year, and then Al McDowell, the same guy that taught me all that stuff, he actually went out and he started his own company called Acknowledge. And when he did that, uh, I jumped ship because uh, he offered me like seven and a half dollar raise. Because at Badlands, I you know I went from that thirty dollars an hour to forty five, and then I did get one more pay raise up to fifty. And then Al McDowell at the bar offered me. Because I like asked him like, hey, if like, do you guys need help? And he was like, absolutely. He's like, is this you coming to me for work? Because he can't technically go back to the old company and recruit people from it. So he's making sure I'm coming to him about it rather than the other way around. Okay, okay. And I'm That's like, pretty good, fifty dollars an hour. Yeah, right. And he, I'm like, well, what would you pay me? And he goes, I'll give you seven and a half dollar raise right now. And he's like, if you start tomorrow, I'll give you fifty seven and a half dollars an hour. I'm like, all right, deal. So I took it. Holy shit. And um. After I was there for a month, I ended up turning into the field supervisor, um, and I rode that out until my bike wreck, and then I wrecked the bike, and then after that, I didn't work for like four months, um, and then I started with Syndicate Energy because they're did the. You, did you get fucked up pretty bad from that bike wreck? Yeah, I fractured my skull. Oh my! Where was that? Where Where did that happen? Um, you know the curve where the wild bison is, and then you have like Baker Consulting right across from yeah, it. Yeah, it's got that light. That's yeah, by that light over there. Yeah, um, it was right, right in front of the XTO office, oh is where gosh. I wrecked that. And um, I have no idea what happened. I don't really remember any. Last thing I remember, I was feeling up my bike, and I was on the phone with Emmett Johnson, and then I woke up six days later in the hospital. What? So there's a you... six day window. I have no idea what happened. So were you like, um, were you conscious during that time, but it, you just didn't have the memory of it? Well, like obviously I was conscious right up until I like wrecked the bike, and then I thought I assumed that knocked me out, but apparently it didn't. I'm assuming like it has probably something to do with adrenaline or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. And I guess I was conscious, and there were people trying to hold me down, and they said that I wouldn't stop fighting with them. They're like I, they had, apparently I didn't want anyone to touch me. Really. Um. So. Like Dylan Schooley, I remember running into him like later on at the rodeo, and he like looked at me and he was like, "Hey Nick, how's it going?" And that's somebody particularly I never really cared for in school, to be honest. I really didn't like him in high school, but he, I think he's a lot cooler now, and I got to give him some props on what he did in this particular situation. Turns out he was an EMT, and I didn't know that. 
And so he was there. He was actually the very first person there. Trying to help you. Yeah, and he was like, do you remember throwing me in the air? And I looked at him like, what the hell are you talking about, dude? And he was like, I tried to hold you down, and you fucking hucked me. And I'm like, like, well, first off, you know I never liked you, so why did you think that was a good idea? (laughs) It's a lot of adrenaline. He was like, you full on just threw me out of you, or off of you. And I'm like, dude, I I don't know why you think I'd want you on top of me, first off. (laughs) So you couldn't recall for six days. Well, yeah, so I woke up. We'll just like kind of fast forward into what happened when I woke up. But essentially, I just like fought with all those EMTs for a while, and then it took them a while to get me into a helicopter because I I got life lighted from there to to my aunt. And I guess I really did not want anything to do with the helicopter. And apparently, I was recognizing the people that were there, like Jared Hatter. Apparently, when I looked at him, I asked him to get me the fuck out of there. And he didn't actually know who I was because my hair was so dyed in blood. He couldn't figure out who I was. And then Holy Matt Helmers. Yeah, I've known him since I was like, uh, well, actually since I moved here. So like since I was eight years old. So apparently like he walked up towards like the back of my head and I just like turned my head back and I looked at him and went, Jared, get me the fuck out of here. Oh <laughs> and then Jared looked gosh. at Matt Helmers and he's like, who the hell is that? And he's like, that's Terry Armour's son. He's like, oh, shit. And um, yeah, it took him a while to figure out who I was. And anyway, so they threw me in the helicopter or whatever. This is all stuff I don't actually recall. This is just what I was told happened. Full disclosure on that one. Mm -hmm. But then I wake up in the hospital, right? I don't have a phone. I don't even have clothes. I'm in a gown, all right? I have no idea what's going on. The last thing I remember, I was feeling up a damn bike, all right? And I was heading to Old Settlers. And then I wake up in a hospital, and I'm looking around, and I got not a clue what's happening. All I can tell is I'm assuming it's morning. It seems everything about this looks like morning. And I'm like, I wake up, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? You know, I'm just, like, looking around. And I felt my head, and that immediately pissed me off. My all my hair shaved off. I like shaved my fucking head off. And but there was a row of staples because they cut like a huge piece. There's like a question mark in the left side of my head, and it's just a huge row of staples. I, mean, I can't remember how many, like two hundred and something staples. Oh my gosh! What 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 kind of work did they have to do in there? Well, they had to like pull my freaking skin back to drill a hole in my head and at, well actually no nah, no nah, not in that spot they drilled a hole in the back of my head but they this here what they did is they actually took a piece of my skull out because i had to fuse my brain it was bleeding um so they took Holy a piece of my skull shit, out to like man. fuse my brain to stop it from bleeding and they put it back on um and then sewed it up i guess with staples Jesus Christ, <laughs> Nick. I, I had no idea about any of this. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't really talk about it that much because I, I, I don't really care. Because it's like, yeah. um, but I wake up that morning. That crazy. And I note to self, they have me very, very high on painkillers. Okay. But I don't know that. All I know is I wake up and there's a pick line that's in the side of my arm that runs to my heart. On some machine that's like pumping antibiotics and a bunch of shit in there. And then there's also, a, you know, like they put an IV in right here. Yeah. Okay, but it's not like there's a thing there that you could hook up to the IV, but the IV is not hooked. Are it's not hooked up because uh, I, everything's running through that pick line. Oh, okay. They, they don't really need to. So, but, but they still have the thing. Yeah, on there which pissed me to. off <laughs> because I'm like, it's there for no fucking reason. You were not happy. <laughs> uh, no, dude, I woke up. I was not happy at all. <laughs> I wake up and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And note that there's nobody else in the room. I wake up and I felt my head, my hair shaved. There's a row of staples. I don't have a phone. I don't have a mirror. I don't know what's in my head. So I try and pull out one of the staples because I don't know what it is. 
So I'm like, I felt that there's a row of them. I just go to the first one. I start just pulling it out, just like gritting my teeth. And I'm like, I'm trying to pull it out of my head oh. to look at it to see what the hell is in my head. Yeah. And a nurse walks in while I'm trying to pull one out. And she goes, what are you doing? I'm like, what the hell is in my head? And she goes, staples? I'm like, why are there staples in my head? She's like, well, I, I need to ask you some questions. I'm like, am I getting interrogated right now? I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> you should be like, I, I'm the one who needs some fucking answers. Well, she was like, she just asked me, um, what's the date today? And I'm like, I thought about it. The last thing I could remember, it was August 30th, and it was roughly 6 o'clock in the afternoon is the last time I remember. And I, now I'm well aware it's morning. And I'm like... So you probably thought it was the next day. Yeah, I'm like, August 31st? And she goes, it's September 5th. And I'm like, I got to go to work. And I literally started getting up <laughs> because I'm, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm, I know I'm on schedule, right? Like, I got to go. <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 sit down. And I'm like, wait, wait, okay. And she goes, do you know where you are? And she's like, what, what town are you in? And I'm like, Williston, North Dakota? And she goes, you're in Minot. I'm like, all right. She's like, do you even know what happened? And I'm like, at this point, not a clue. And she's like, you wrecked your bike. And I go, bullshit. I'm never just immediately responding, bullshit. It's like you wrecked your bike. But my hands, if you would look at my hands, like every single one of my fingerprints were nothing but just scabs because they were just gone. Like they were ground down road, to nothing. Yeah, road fucking rash. Yeah, because apparently. But I didn't really have a whole lot of road rash on me, man. Like that was the weird part. Just really? my hands. Like I didn't have fingerprints anymore. <laughs> this is it was just gone. Really? And, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like if you look at my fingers right now, you can actually see it. It's like that my fingerprints aren't the same. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> it's different. But I didn't know any of that. And I thought it was bullshit. I had to end up getting my cell phone. I had to call Sheldon. Sheldon's the one that told me that I actually did, in fact, wreck my bike. You didn't believe that, nurse? And nah, hell no. <laughs> what, what, what if she was like, do you know what year it is? You're like, no. She's like, it's 2045. <laughs> oh. In the future or something. And if I would have found out she was lying to me, I would have like, you fucking bitch. <laughs> hey, so, so, um. So you said you were like conscious. So were you conscious and like talking and? Oh, it turns out like two days before fired. that. Uh, okay, so they put me in a coma, right? When I got to the hospital, it turns out they put me in a medicated coma how for they, two days. Can I ask real quick? How do they do that? How do they put you? Uh, in a well, coma? they use the same shit that what the hell is it called? Um, fentanyl, which I believe is what killed Michael Jackson. Oh, okay. But. This is this is how Michael Jackson died. Was actually where they put him into a medicated coma, but they didn't hook him up to a breathing mechanism. So when you get when you get heavily sedated like that, and you're like put to sleep like that, y your lungs can fail. Mm. Um, so for me, they did the same thing, but they actually put a breathing like deal on me oh, okay. and stuff. And so like I don't remember I don't remember anything um, of this, but it turns out that. Uh, I, w I was unconscious or just put to sleep for two days. And um, then I was actually conscious for two days that I just don't have any memory of before I even woke up that day. So, like, really? that's the first day I can start remembering. But it turns out I was already awake for two days and I didn't know that. Really? Oh, my gosh, um, man. And apparently when I was coming out of the, the you know, uh, medical or medicated coma, when I was coming out of that, I was actually starting to get very, very aggressive because I was tied strapped down to a bed. So like my arms were just like tied down to the sides of the bed. And I guess I did not like that at all, which makes sense because I remember one time I hate being held down, dude. I freaking hate it. And I think I, it, I wouldn't like that either. Yeah. 
well, when I was really little, I think I was like five years old or six years old, um, I had to go get stitches on, on my eyebrow. Um, I just caught the corner of a bed frame and it cut it wide open. And um, on the way to the hospital, I think I fell asleep, honestly, on the way to the hospital. So it must not have hurt that damn bad. And um, But I woke up, though, when they – I don't know if they put me to sleep or something like that when I did the, they did the stitches. But right. I woke up in a straight jacket when I was like five years old and I wigged the fuck out. Like I woke up with my arms just tied down. Like I can't move, and were I just were you fighting them or something? Oh, dude, stitches? I was just balancing like for everything. I was I was like five year old kid. Is that ever why they since had then? To put you in that, or because you were fighting them, or yeah, I guess. Holy shit, man! But like, I ever since then I freaking hate being held down. Like I'm kind of claustrophobic. If I can't move, I would just wig out. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't like that shit either. And so I guess when it's I was tight, nah, nah, hell nah. <laughs> yeah, nah, nah, <laughs> not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Like if you think that's a good idea, nah, get out of here. <laughs> like on to the next one. Anyway, <laughs> like so, I'm strapped down. I guess this is what, like I said, I don't remember any of this. this is what I'm told. Mm-hmm. So I was strapped down to this bed. And I'm starting to wake up, and I have a breathing tube stuck. But apparently, Ooh. subconsciously, like, I guess my eyes weren't really opening that much. But they like that I would occasionally like open my eyes, and I'm like super heavily sedated right now. Yeah. But they said I was conscious enough that I would keep wiggling down further into the bed. But I would do it where no one would notice, and they were trying to figure out what I was doing. But it turns out I was trying to get this hook. It was it would come up further. I was wiggling my arm so I had more I could reach. Ah. And I would get it up to my elbow, and the one time that I actually, apparently I actually busted the deal loose. Like, they didn't tie the knot very well, and I got it loose, and I grabbed the breathing tube, and I was trying to pull it out. Yeah, like yeah, that, that doesn't breathing sound tube. comfortable, a fucking breathing tube. Well, you're right. So I was trying to breathe it, like, pull it out, because I was choking on it. And um, at that point, they had this really big guy that freaking held my arm back down, and he freaking strapped me back up, and then like back to square one. I just kept doing the same thing, and then I guess Colby Manning, which is a guy that I worked with at Acknowledge, he was there when I did this, and uh, I guess like this is towards the end of my medica- like they were taking me off the sedation process, and apparently I like seen Colby, and I seen my dad, and they were like you're you're conscious, like you're looking at us. And he's like, you pointed at your dad. He's like, you were just pointing at him. And dad could, no one could really figure out what you wanted. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but your dad eventually got up and started walking over to you and you held your hand out like this. And he's like, but dad, my dad was really confused at what the hell I was trying to do. Right. So he thought I was just trying to hold his hand or something. Uh-huh. So my dad went to go hold my hand. He said, I reached up and grabbed a hold of his wrist and started pulling it to that breathing tube. And then he dawned on him that I was trying to get him to pull it out. Yeah, you you really did not like that thing. Huh? Nah. Did, and, how, do you know how far it went back? Your quite head? a long ways. Like quite literally, if I would have yanked it out, that would have been not a good idea. <laughs> that would be like a horrible idea. That, I mean, that just sounds like very uncomfortable, though. Like, yeah, like dude, there's like pictures and stuff like that. And like, yeah, your freaking mouse held way over. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I don't really remember anything. So I'm saying, like, I can't really comment on like how bad it is. But yeah. I mean, you can just look at it and be like, hey, that, that doesn't look good. Yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> But, uh, you mean, so, like, now I'm awake and all this other stuff, right? And um, so that's all stuff I don't remember. So we can go back to, like, September 5th, wake up, and then I'm trying to go to work. I'm trying to do this and that. And then I end up getting a hold of Sheldon. Turns out I did, in fact, wreck the bike. He he picked it up. And I don't really know why I wrecked the bike or anything like that. And I don't really care. I just want the hell out of the hospital, and they won't let me leave. Mm-hmm. And that pissed me off. 
And because I'm like, can I just leave? And they're like, you have a fractured skull. You need to stay here. And I'm like, I feel fine. Let me go home. And they're like, no. You're and all then, hopped up on painkillers. Oh, dude, I didn't feel a damn thing. <laughs> you were giving these people the worst fucking time. <laughs> oh, dude, I know I was the you worst just, damn patient they had. Yeah, just, <laughs> just fighting them with everything you got. Well, yeah, and that one nurse, I, I mean, I kind of feel a little bit bad. I was really mean to her, but she pissed me off. So I had to go do this, like, physical stuff where they're trying to make sure, like, my head's good, you know what I mean? So they're trying to make me do, like, multitasking stuff. Like, for example, I had to walk in a certain pattern and say my abcs this is where things got a little bit scary because i actually forgot my abcs mm -hmm. i got to like i don't really remember s or something like that and i just couldn't remember and i just stopped and it scared the hell out of my dad because I, I i had no idea what came next i can't remember what the hell letter it was but anyways that was not good but then right after that they had me do something else walk in a different pattern and i had to count by sevens and they're like they made you stop dad's like i don't understand he's like you forgot your damn abcs but you can just count by sevens he's like i can't even do that really? he's like you just kept going he's like he just kept going i'm like i don't know man i'm good with numbers huh. um but he was like that didn't make any sense you forgot your abcs you couldn't do that but you could count by sevens until you started breaking well over 100 he's like so they just made you stop really have you always been really good with numbers like that? Yeah. Before? Oh, okay. Numbers were the only thing I was ever good at. Oh, okay. So it didn't give you any, like, the... fucking powers you didn't have before? <laughs> yeah, nah. <laughs> Hell no. Nah. see through walls. Now. Dad just didn't understand, like, how he's like, you could yeah. do that, but not this. Like, that didn't make sense. So it was like, so then your your memory was affected, but not, like, your, your thinking and calculating and processing and shit. Yeah, it's like, in a way, ABC's now. That's not a problem. But yeah, it was yeah. just, like, one of those things that it was a fluke situation that was just bad. Um, that scared him. And, um, how long did it take for you to like recover from that? Well, to be honest, I don't really know. Um, because I, my main focus was getting the hell out of that freaking hospital. I'm not even gonna lie, dude. I was planning it like it was escaping Alcatraz. Like, I wanted really? out of there <laughs> so bad. You weren't like worried at all? Oh, you, hell no. I didn't care about it at all. I just really? wanted out of there. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm like, I want to leave. I'm like, why are you guys holding me in captivity here? Like, what I do? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, yeah. like, I felt like I was in prison. And I remember joking with the one, um, the one lady was super nice. I would joke with her all the time. I'm like, if I can figure out how to get out of this building using the vents, can I fucking leave? <laughs> and she was like, if you can, yes. And then I, I, I don't think she really understood. I wasn't even joking. I'm like, where's the ladder? Yeah. And she was yeah, like, oh, my God, no. Right. And I'm like, well, I, you said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I think I can figure it out. Just give me the ladder. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I'm like, surprised they didn't put you in like a mental place, you know? Uh, I want it out of With all the shit they were, you, you were giving them. Well, the one lady, like I said, that I kind of, I bitched you out really bad. Like, I, I got pissed. And that was because they, when they had me do things, they put the safety belt on me that somebody could grab if I were to fall. Because if I hit my head anytime soon, I can cause my brain to bleed again. Yeah, not good. Right. So, I mean, it kind of made sense. But the one lady would, like, yank me in the direction she wanted me to go. Oh, that so like, came bitch. to an immediate halt. No, I, she did it one time. And I turned around. And I'm like, I'm going to go back to the room. You realistically, what you're making me right now, it sounds like a better idea to jump out of this window and just fucking die than it is to have walk around with you right now. Like, <laughs> I, I was so mad. <laughs> could have just said, like, hey, quit yanking. Yeah, I mean, I could have, but, like, I made it go way 
<laughs> it escalated a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but I was furious. Dude, I was pissed. Yeah. I was so mad. And um anyway, so they I finally get a doctor to just like let me go home. My dad's oh. trying to get me to go to this physical therapy place in Denver and he really, really tried to force that, and I said, no. I'm like, I'm not going. Like, I'm fine. I want to go home. Dad's like, you're not fine. You need to go here. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm going home. Mm-hmm. And um, But then he ends up getting me to say yes to going back to Michigan and seeing a very specific doctor, and I said yes. I get to Michigan, so they finally let me go. I get the doctor to say, yep, you can get out of here. I'm like, thank you. How long were you in there? Oh, in two weeks, or 12 days. I-, I was in the hospital for 12 days. Really? That was it, huh? Yeah, but I mean, dude, it took me a long time to get that doctor to say yes. Like, I worked at it every day. I'm like, I will convince you I'm fucking fine to let me leave because yeah. I hated it so much. And um, so now I hop on the plane and I, and I go to Michigan. And um, I thought that they had everything set up for the doctor already. Well, they didn't. So I'm in Michigan now for six days. Still no doctor. And I'm not really sure what happened. Somebody pissed me off. And I booked a flight that left that day to go home. I just paid it out of pocket. No one paid it for me. I just hopped on my phone and I bought it. I'm like, I'm leaving. And I end up missing that flight because I didn't wake up, I guess. And so I wake up to an ambulance people, like EMTs, waking me up. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And they're like, you need to go to the hospital. I'm like, fuck you. No, I'm not going to the hospital. I'm like, you guys just fucking held me in captivity there for like 12 days. Get the hell out of here. And I'm like, no, not oh going to happen. Gosh, man. Yeah. And um, my dad's like, no, you need to go to the hospital. I'm like, I'm not fucking going. I'm not getting in that ambulance. I'm like, I don't even understand why you're here. Dad's like, well, you wouldn't wake up. I was shaking you and everything. You just were completely unresponsive. I'm like, well, you got to understand. I'm on painkillers right now, too. He's like, well, you missed your flight. And I'm like, I don't care. And I booked another flight. I dropped $1,200 in 24 hours on flights, and I didn't even care. I just wanted the hell. Get the fuck out of there. Yeah, so Dad eventually took me, and I hopped on a plane, and I went home. And that was that. And that's how it all ended. Really? And I, I never – I went back for one checkup after that, and that was it. Did you have any, like – okay, so so that, that time where you couldn't wake up and you missed your flight, what, was there like a – a reason behind that was it something with your injury that you didn't wake up was it like well that's serious? what my dad assumed i honestly think i was i it's remember being a- up really late the night before and i think that it had a lot to do with i the painkillers they gave me were dilated which are really freaking powerful mm, okay. those things are like very potent yeah and i accidentally took too many of them one time like it was not even on purpose it was just at an all accident. and i took too many and i oh my god i was so high <laughs> it was like oh shit <laughs> okay so then so then you come back here did you notice anything after that, that, that i was, was just a very very it? angry person for like three months really so it, you think it just affected like your mood and your fucking yeah my memory was really bad i couldn't remember anything like it'd be i'd do something one day and then by the next day i had no idea what i did the day before um so my memory was very bad and then i was very angry and then I got into drinking again after about, which I wasn't supposed to. I was supposed to not mm. drink for like three months because I guess it could thin my blood and cause my brain to bleed again. Yeah, not, not good. But I started drinking like a month later. And then oh if gosh, I got man. drunk, I would turn into a huge asshole. I didn't, I apparently just had a lot of hate going on. And just a short fuse. Huh? It was bad. It was really bad. And, um, 
So after a while, I just decided, because I wasn't drinking beer or I wasn't just casually drinking. It was more of just whiskey on the rocks is all I was drinking. But I would sit there and drink the bottle until it was gone and then just pass out. And why were you, why did you start drinking? Were you just like kind of in a bad place? Or just yeah. Like all that shit going on, it just kind of... I was in a really bad place at the time kind I mean, of situation. Yeah, holy shit, that does sound like really fucking traumatic. I mean, well, I thought everyone was out to get me and could be completely honest with you. I even thought my boss was out to get me and stuff like that because like that wreck, yeah. nobody could explain what happened even though there's multiple people that watched the video, but nobody could tell me what actually happened. Oh, they had video of it? What, from the, from the yeah. lights, from the stoplights? And one person told me someone pulled out in front of me, so immediately... It, I'm like, who's trying to hide this? So oh. I thought everyone was out to get me. My boss would completely avoid that. Really? He, he, anytime I would bring it up, just onto the like, just completely avoid it. So I'm just like sitting here, I'm brainstorming, and I'm just assuming that they know something I don't, and no one will tell me. It sounds like a movie almost. Like like you're working on some kind of conspiracy. You know? oh, dude, a hundred percent. I'm yeah, like, why? Yeah. Why are you guys? I'm like, what? What's the thing here? And you think there was ultimately something behind it, or was that just kind of like your state of mind at that time? Um, to this day, I think there is something about it that no one will ever probably tell me. And Have you seen the video yourself? And no. no I, I even hired lawyers and everything. I couldn't get it. Really? Well, who has the, the video? The XTO office that I've worked out of for the past three years. But they want to give it to me. That's very weird. That, that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? It's just like one of those things. It's, it's like, like I'm not saying that. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm fine with wrecking that bike being my fault. Like I'm completely at peace with that. Like that's fine. It's just I'm weird. like, but why were, Why are you guys so fishy about this? I'm like, I don't understand. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, like if you had nothing to hide, just show it to me. The only thing I can think of is like if it was like a one of their so, something that they did that caused it, like an XTO vehicle or something. That would be that, something. No, and that, that would make they would want to hide it. But it is just a weird situation. What do they say about it? Do they have a reason of why they don't have the video? Or why uh, they don't show you the video? Not really, man. Like, even my lawyers couldn't give me a real reason why they couldn't get it. And that's so how kind of piss them. Like, they piss me off. We got to get to the fucking bottom of this. Dude, I know. <laughs> it's like, I'm just sitting here going, like, what, what man, what's going on? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I was really pissed off at the time, you know what I mean? And I just was, like, sitting there and I was skeptical as shit. Note that also in this time period... I had a friend that uh, he is actually what he was doing when I called him and offered him a job because basically what, we, what I was kind of getting into there was um, yeah. I had a you can keep talking just I had a buddy of mine that uh, I got him hired on and what he was doing at that time I remember the day that I called him to offer him a job yeah because I I had that kind of leeway at that company that i was working at at acknowledge that i mean if i recommended them they, they were getting hired on mm -hmm. you know and um so i called him he was scrubbing the bathroom in burger king that's what he was doing yeah that's uh that's quite a difference than you know really high up in a yeah very well-paying oil field company so i offered him the job he took it and i gave him a place to stay so he'd been working with us for a while and he was living with me mm-hmm and I told him that if he stayed for more than three weeks, you're going to have to start helping out with rent. Cause this is before the accident? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, but he never would pay. And then after the wreck, I was starting to get very, very stingy. That my patience was much, much lower. Mm -hmm. And so I told him that you need to 
you need to pay all this other stuff and you know dude screwed me out of forty eight hundred dollars so or no it's forty two forty two hundred and and just took off and left um so Damn, like man. there was another reason why i was very just like everyone's out to get me kind of stage because i'm like dude you just screwed me out of a bunch of money and it's like okay whatever that's cool yeah it's just very untrustworthy and, of everyone yeah. right and so like that that did not help with the situation mm-hmm. and then you know i got calen on and stuff too and um we, we were tearing it up to be honest like I, I don't really know how much money dude made in that time but we had a lot of hours and i was and he also figured out how I did my hours because he was well aware. We were not working the hours that we were getting paid for. Really? But I was really good at doing my hours. Oh, okay. So it is like... Was it something more like like you were charging out for the work that was being done, not necessarily how long it took you to do it? Exactly. Gotcha. It's kind of like a mechanic shop. They're going to go off the average on how long it takes. But if you get it done a lot faster, then you're still going to get paid the same. You're going to get paid for more. So now it's going to give you the work. Like you're going to want to do it quicker. Yeah, yeah. And I was doing the same thing. But I was just, I was really good at the job and I knew how to get it done in a very short period of time. So I would just blast through it. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, like speeding tickets probably should have been issued out because I was hauling ass everywhere. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. I was like, dude, I want to get done with this. I want to get paid. This fucking work done. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the one time hitting like 112 on a freaking gravel road. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> like, we got places to be, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, nah. So, I mean, like, anyways, what that turned into. Like I said, I ended up going to syndicate after all of that, and then I didn't get along with those guys there, so I ended up leaving there. And then, but while I was there, I started doing that. Like you know, we've been trading and shit. I started doing that about a month before I quit there, and then I quit, and that's all I did all summer was trade. And um, and it, so at that point, you were working at syndicate and doing trading at the same time, right? Like mm-hmm. you said, um. So by the time you quit, were you making enough to like sustain yourself, or did you have money saved up beforehand, kind of planned well, out to do that? Or? Right, that's a good question because like a lot of people just assume like, oh wow, you just figured it out that fast. It's like not really. I'd saved up enough money that I could live with my expenses for a year, okay. so I I did okay. save up a lot of money at the time. Um, I also spent a lot of my, like, I should have had a lot more. This is where like now I'm a lot more educated with my finances because I, right. I mean, like been there, done that, doing the stupid shit, mm-hmm. like going and buying two pickups at the same time. Cause I can't decide which one I want more and just writing a check for 20 grand and get two different loans. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It sounds like you really learned the hard way. I guess <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd probably do the same shit if I had, if I was making Well, yeah, exactly. Like it's tough to, I was, you know, I didn't come from money or anything like that. So then all of a sudden I got money. I'm like, uh, dude, I just started kind of balling out yeah. and just doing what my do I thing. want. Yeah. yeah. Like we went to Belize and I paid for a bunch of shit. I don't know how much I dropped there, but I think I spent like five grand or something like that. Really? How long did you stay there? Uh, we were in Belize for eight days. It was pretty fun. Oh, dude, that was, that was right. Just balling. I, dude, balling. I, I, I honestly was Yeah, I didn't spend a minute there sober, to be honest. Oh, wow. Okay. There's actually stories from the night we got there. So, like, the plane left. And oh, just for, like, time frame, was this all before or after the accident? Uh, Belize was the same year I wrecked the bike, but before. We went okay. to Belize in March. Gotcha. Um yeah yeah that was but when you started trading was that before or after the accident oh that was after that was after okay so i like i wrecked i wrecked the bike and then i ended up quitting acknowledge like 
uh, four months later, and, and I didn't work to... at all in those four months. And then I went to Syndicate. Okay, okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. So we are kind of circling back that. a little bit here, but like I was just I talking just about, like at the down. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, but like the the Belize trip that that was a blast, and we um we had to be at the airport at five a.m. in Bismarck to leave and i decided okay so we, we probably leave like four hours early you know so like four hours before five so we're gonna leave here at like 1 a.m so i'm like I, i'm just not gonna go to bed it doesn't make much sense right um so i didn't and then we all pile in my pickup we take off to go to belize and um i, I still haven't slept and i get there and they, they give me some melatonin i think that uh who, who the hell gave me that melatonin i don't really remember somebody oh. gave me melatonin trying to get me to sleep on the plane uh, that did not happen. I didn't sleep at all. So I went through these two flights from uh, Minot to Houston or something like that. And then we yeah. went from there to Belize. And realistically, that was only like a total of five hours in the air. Like that was actually a lot faster than a person thinks it is. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was pretty did you quick. you have some pretty wild jet lag from staying up that late and then... Uh, th- yeah, dude. I Like <laughs> I, w- I was a little goofy because yeah. I, I hadn't slept at all. And then we get there. And the first thing I want to do is the bar. Yes. And I get there and I'm like, all right, to the bar. (laughs) Anyway, so we get to the bar and I just start freaking drinking. And then we sit down to eat. And, uh, you know, there's like eight of us or whatever. We sit down. We have a, that was a really good dinner. I think I had some kind of fish. I don't really remember what kind, to be honest, but it was good. Mm -hmm. And then I start buying everybody shots. I paid for the meal, all that stuff. And then we sit down at the bar. Then me and Kyle, which is Berlin's um, husband now, Uh and, uh, we get into an argument about whiskey, which turns into an endless amount of shots of whiskey. That's the last thing I remember that night. But apparently we went inside the casino that was in that hotel as well. I don't remember doing that. And at first I, I got terrified when somebody told me this. I'm like, what, how much money did I spend? I'm like, what, what was I gambling on? They're like, you actually didn't gamble at all. I'm like, oh, hey, that's good. Anyway, <laughs> right. it, but it turns out that I actually passed out inside the casino at a table. And is this how the entire eight days went? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Anyway, but this yeah. is this the first night number one. I because no, I still haven't slept like Wait, at oh, all. Shit. Okay, and then I would just pass out at a table, and they had to put me in a wheelchair to get me to the freaking room because oh <laughs> I'm just unresponsive, just out. <laughs> they're just wheeling you up. There. Yeah, they're just wheeling me up there. And uh, I mean that was a good, that was the night number one. Then we go get to our Airbnb the next day, and we had a we had a great time there. But I just woke up every morning. I mean, we would start drinking right away in the morning and just yeah, party yeah. the whole entire time. Oh, hundred percent. We had a good time. It was I a good you. time. I got you. So yeah, let's go back to where we were going. So um, you said uh, so you had saved up a year of your expenses, and then you were just doing the trading. How was that going? It was going right at the beginning. Honestly, it was like the best that it probably went for a long time. Right at the beginning, I was very disciplined because I didn't really know what I was doing. Right. And um, it only took me like two weeks to double my account, to be honest. Really? I did that in like two weeks. People are like, oh, my God, you know, you did so good. And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm just, I was literally just copying the go live people. And I think at the time I was just really focused on Ness and Maddie Pips. And I was just following those guys. And um, and then after a while, I mean, it started going backwards for me because my risk management went out the window after a while, and it started going like mm, you're more like gambling kind of. Yeah, I got more of a gambler's mentality with it, and it started going backwards. Started losing money, and it was like, oh shit. And um, 
Who got you onto the that training in the first place? That was uh, Jade Hepper. That was Jade. Yeah. Okay. Yep. He got a hold of me, and um, I didn't even hesitate. It was something like I've always wanted to learn how to day trade, right? So I was like, "Fuck yeah, let's do it." So right from the get go, you 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 were like, "Oh, I want to fucking do this. Let's do it." So I'm sure once you like uh, quit your fucking day job and started doing that full time, I'm sure you were just I was I was loving doing it. that nonstop. Yeah. Well, nah, nah. I really honestly I didn't do it nonstop. I really only did it for like. Like, the most I've traded in a day was for probably three hours. Uh, I really have never sat there and just get glued to the computer for too too long because it's just a dangerous game. You don't want to do that. Really? Why Why is that? Um, Unless you have the self-discipline. Like, this is going to be kind of dependent on the person, really. But if you're new to oh, it, I... you know, you don't have the discipline. And the longer you spend in front of that computer the more you're going to talk yourself into taking setups that aren't there. You're going to try and make an excuse to take it that it's just not there. I see what you're saying. So, like, if you were sitting there trading for long enough, you would eventually kind of almost want to get a little more ballsy with them. Pretty much, because you're going to start thinking that setups are there that really aren't. And, like, now I I can definitely trade all day long because I've got the discipline that I don't take setups if they don't exist. But you got it. It takes a while to actually understand just that. Like a lot of people think that this is super hard, and it, realistically, it's not. It's all self-discipline is re- all it is. If you can take your emotions out of the computer, you're good. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Sounds so easy, but I promise it is not. That took me a while to figure that one out. Yeah. Um, so and you know, other people can kind of catch on. The some people already got a lot of self-discipline. You know, um, it, it, me personally, like I. I would get bored and the boredom would make me do things. So like what I recommend, this is what's worked for me. I shouldn't say I recommend it because kind of it's going to be really dependent. But what I do, I'll put on like, well, I mean, like a podcast, honestly, like I'll I'll do that or um, a show or something that I want to watch. And I'll put that on a TV screen that's above my computer and I'll be watching that while I'm trading because that way I'm not just going to glue myself to the charts and try and force setups. Mm. Keeps you a little more mellow, I guess. Yeah. yeah way, you, almost. Because that way you're not going to get bored, right? Um, you kind of, at that point, your mind, you're looking at this and people are like, well, but you wouldn't be so focused on that. It's like, well, you don't need to be. I'm like, you already, you put in your support and resistance areas, you put in your trend lines, you know, you got it set up. Mm-hmm. wait for it to get there let the market come to you you're not coming to the market that kind of situation so it just it's a patience game honestly so when you first started that what was it that you liked so much about it about the trading just um to start learning how to actually have an analysis on charts in general because it turns out that the way that I mark up my charts is the same way you would mark up charts for stocks, the same way you'd mark up charts for gold, silver, whatever you want to trade. It's marked up the same way. Now I know how to do that. And that was a huge thing I wanted to learn. I'm like, how can you predict where this is going? That just intrigued me a lot. I'm like, how, how do you know if it's going to go up or if it's going to go down? Like, what the hell are you looking for? Okay. Yeah, for the people <laughs> listening that don't know, it's um, it's foreign exchange yeah, trading, right? It's, yep. it's like what the banks do. Yeah, 100%. It's like, um, you know, trading, um, like the difference between the euro and the U.S. dollar, that varies all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to figure out where, where it's going to go. I mean, you're starting to deal with every single country's like a federal reserve and like what all the banks are doing. 
And I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, but in all reality, there's not a lot that goes into the analysis of it. You just got to know where the information is. So, I mean, like if anyone's kind of interested what we're using to predict that, I mean, that, that'd be like forexfactory.com, um, where I do my markups is on TradingView. And um, then for currency strength, you want to know what that's going to be as well. You can just look up a currency strength meter online, which is also what I use. So Very that's cool. that. those are all tools that would like um, kind of help you start pinpointing what's going to be happening in the markets. I got you. And then, so yeah, so when you first started that and you were doing it, you know, or, you know, you quit your job and you were doing that a lot. Is there, so I know you said you were being a little too cocky about it. You know, you need a little oh, more yeah. discipline and stuff. You start making some money, dude. You build yeah. an ego. You feel like you got God mode and I can promise that's your kryptonite <laughs> right there. <laughs> so that's one thing. Is there anything else that you kind of had to change about yourself to? Yeah. To besides this? the discipline, honestly, no. I'm like, I'm a firm believer anyone can do it if they're disciplined enough to learn it. Mm-hmm. That is the biggest key is like. Um, I think, just yeah, don't quit. They have like a something. passion for it too, especially how. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, it. it's not for everybody, right? Because like, this is one example I've said a hundred times, mm-hmm. and it, it's one of those things. Is like, it'd be like if I was a doctor saying everyone should be a doctor. I'm like, that's a terrible idea. It sounds like a lot of people die. Honestly, oh. it's like, <laughs> not a good idea. Like, you should not probably have me do surgery on you. That's it's gonna be point. very painful, and it's not gonna be good. It's just like, no, <laughs> yeah, like, no, nah, nah, it's not for everybody, and I'm well aware of that. <laughs> I think anybody that like, yeah, he's got to interest you, right? You got to be passionate about whatever you're doing. Right. So, so you're really calculated about it, you know, like you had your money saved up and stuff. How, how long did it take before you were making enough money off of the stuff you were doing to like actually pay all of your expenses? Um, that probably took like a solid from the very startup, Mm -hmm. because obviously when I first started, I was still working my syndicate. So we'll just scratch that. So we'll just say from the startup to how long it took for me to actually get that one thing, which this would be day trading, mm-hmm. to actually start funding uh, things I wanted to do, such as like um, I went to Boise and I mean, I did go on um, a deep sea fishing trip at a bachelor party and stuff like that. That was, that was also a blast. That sounds super fun. Yeah. yeah, it was, except for, I mean, not being able to see land, that that's a kind of a different ball game. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I didn't expect that. And then yeah. all of a sudden it's like, where's the land? There isn't any shit. Dude, any- that, that almost ties into what you were talking about earlier when people kind of hold you down to one thing. You're like, you know, you don't fucking like it. Yeah, this is like a shit. <laughs> there is no escape. There is there's zero escape plan. If the boat sinks, we all die. Okay. <laughs> it's like, um, anyways, uh, you know, that probably took, I think I would say about three to four months before that can actually start, for me, turn into a sustain, like a sustaining income for the things I wanted to do, pay, like make my payments and things like that. And if you start the, the best way I can describe, cause at that point you're, you're, you know, you can become an independent business owner and people got to utilize that. And I'm not saying just for like this example, I'm saying for any business, anyone starts, if you do that at that point, I highly, highly recommend if you get a business started, which if you don't have one started, you should probably look into like figuring out a way to get something started. And the reason why I'll say that is because of the tax advantages that come with it. Right now we get just, I mean, dude, I got taxed 42% one time on one of my oil field paychecks. That was huge. They oh, took $6,300 out of one paycheck. Now, I mean, granted, yeah, I still took home eight grand, but like. It's when you get into those higher brackets. Yeah, right? you, you just start. Shit ton. 
yeah, they text you like, hey, motherfucker. Mm -hmm. So it's like, dude, do you really want to be giving all that away to the government? Like, That's 42% of what I just worked for. I had to give back to the government. Mm -hmm. It's like, nah, you don't want to do that. You really don't want a part of that. So if you start up a business, every dollar you spend, make sure it's something that you could write off. For example, like um, let's say you do this and to be an IBO. And at that point, you're going to be going out and you want to talk to people. You know what I mean? You want to go out and you want to inspire people. You want to try and find, give them an opportunity to actually change their life mm -hmm. is what essentially you're doing. And so you're going to need to be traveling. So maybe you want to go do a presentation in, let's say, Houston. You're going to have to hop on the flight. That flight is going to be a tax write-off. Or you could drive. So maybe you need a new car. You can write that off as well. You can okay. write off the insurance for the car because you need it. You can write off the oh, Wi-Fi at home because it is part of your business. You have to have it. Oh, okay. I'm like, so at that point, you can start understanding how to direct your expenses to something that will actually help you get money back. Um you, which is tax write-offs you know what i mean so if a person does get into business that's a easy way it'll help you save money too because then you won't start spending money on things you don't need mm -hmm. um and you just start looking for things you do need um and that'll just help your business i got you i know you and me have uh been talking a little bit lately about like different sources of income and is that something that you've really been working on lately is like getting something yeah you want like multiple different sources of income for sure mm -hmm. Um, I think like, I believe on average, the average millionaire has like seven different sources of income. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, um, so it's, you know, like, I, okay, you day, you day trading, there's one, all right. You, you got income coming in from that because you're, you're in the markets and you're compounding your money. Okay. And then you have like, um, some longer term investments, you know what I mean? Which that's where I'm at with the cryptos. I'm not in that for the short game. I'm in that for the long game. Yeah. Okay, so like you could calculate that as another source of income if you wanted to, but personally, I just kind of put that to the side and I pretend like it's not there and watch it grow. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it is income at the end of the day. Yeah, like, so, like if something like catastrophic happened and you needed it, you could take that it, out. And... Yes, it's very liquid, and that's that's like the liquidity. That's a huge problem that we have going on right now. Is like um, being able to actually access your money and being able to transfer, which is why cryptos. If anybody doesn't really understand. That's where cryptos become very, very powerful is a, it solves a liquidity problem because right now, not a lot, a lot of people really get this, but like what's the fastest way from right here right now to get money to London? If you had, let's say a million dollars and you want to get a million dollars to London, what's the fastest way to do it right now? I don't know. The fastest way to do it, cash and a plane. That's the fastest way? And it would take stupid. longer like... It would take longer to, to do a wire transfer. Really? Because it takes multiple days for a wire transfer to go through. Oh, okay. But Does if you use... that amount of money affect it too? Um, I'm sure that probably has a part of it. Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to lie because they probably, if you're starting to move that kind of money, they, they want to put their nose in that pretty tough. Yeah, they're going to have their eyes on you. Yeah, but it, here's, here's where you can solve the problem. Okay, so Ripple, the reason why you've seen a lot about like XRP and stuff like that, which is Ripple, um, Ripple solves a liquidity problem that the banks kind of need it. Right now, they're in SEC lawsuit. So if somebody wants to like come on and try and correct me, they I mean they can, uh, but I don't care. They're going to win the lawsuit. I'm 
really confident of that. Um, <laughs> like yeah. they got like 20 high profile lawyers on this case and they're fighting back. And I mean, I'm not sure if anyone's been paying attention to XRP anyways, but I mean, I highly doubt it'd be going up if they really thought they were going to lose and it is going up. So um, there is that. Wow. But anyway, uh, what, what they do, you can transfer money in any amount to anywhere in the world in three minutes and they have a 0% fail rate. So that really solves the liquidity problem. Three minutes, I can get money to anywhere. No kidding, man. So that's kind of why the banks need it, to be honest. It gets rid of their liquidity problem because like, why in the world with the technology we have today is the fastest way to get a million dollars to London on a damn plane? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> it's like that, that makes no sense at all. So that that's kind of if anyone's kind of interested in cryptos like that, that's a huge thing right there. Is a liquidity issue that solves it. It it really gets rid of that problem. It's very very accessible. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the other things you're working on right now. Yeah. So that that's, that's like you have for sure. Right? So like I got you know like a day trade in in forex the foreign exchange market, um, and then I got cryptos. I got cryptos as well, and like that that account's been growing very steadily. Um, you know, and then I also, I'm an employee, but I'm actually now I'm more of an employee of my own business. Um, so I am me and Brad Ladwig, we started up a company. It's called prestige oil field services. And, um, I've been working there. And, um, then also, I mean, the business is building itself or building value for the business. I mean, there's more that's, I, I kind of like to look at that as two different sources of income. Cause I have an hourly pay and then I also have a disbursement. Right, right. All right, so that there's like kind of two different sorts of income right there. And then I also just started up an Amazon automation store, and we'll kind of see how that turns out. I honestly don't have a whole lot of comments on that as of right now because it's just... You talked really fast right there. <laughs> <laughs> you are just going off. <laughs> this is like a, this is a new train of thought. It's yeah. kind of rapid. I got you, I got you. Yeah, yeah, you definitely have a lot going on. What would you say would be like the main things that kind of motivate you doing all this? Um well, my biggest thing is because, I mean, like a lot of people like to look at a lot of things like this, like oh, you just want to be rich, you just want to go out and you want to do whatever. Yeah, that's partially true. I mean, I'm not even going to lie. 100% I want money because I want to travel, like, man. Yeah. Like I want to go see what like what Australia looks like. I want to go to London. I want to go to like Italy. I want to go see the Coliseum. Right. Like there's a lot of things I want to go see, yeah. but they all cost money. Yeah, and everyone can say that, you know, yeah, like, of course I want to be a millionaire, but, like, that's where it, like, stops, you know? But yeah. But you are, like, very much pursuing in, like, very, like, a multiple of different things, you know? Okay, so, for example, a huge thing that, like, motivates me to do it, for one, I want more time. I, I do want more time. And right now, I mean, like, you know, starting out and stuff like that, you're going to be spending a lot of time trying to figure out how to get the money. Mm-hmm. Okay? But... Uh, you know, you want to get to the point rather than trading so many hours for so much that, you know, like you're, you're trading all these hours for money. You try to get to the point that you're making more money while you're sleeping than you actually are going out and working for it is the goal here. So if you can get your cash flow high enough that you no longer have to work, you don't have to trade your time for money, that will give you more time to go out and do things. But another big motivate, like motivating factor is like, you know, my parents, they work just as hard as I do. And that like, I don't like that at all. I'm like, you're, you're 55 years old, 50 mm-hmm. years old. Like, why, why are you working this hard? So I want to retire them. I want them to be able to do what they want to do, like spend out the rest of their years doing whatever they want. That, that, that would be a beautiful thing, I think. That's and awesome, then yeah. not a lot of people really understand either. But in my presentation, the very first slide 
is the four ways to make money as a human being. Mm -hmm. Okay, you only have four ways. You're either an employee, you're self-employed, you're a business owner, or you're an investor. Okay, those are the four ways to make money. 60% of people, they work for somebody else's employee. Now, that's really the only thing we were ever taught to do, right? Yeah. I mean, since day one, that's what school taught us to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to grow up, you're going to get a job you probably don't like, and you're going to do that your Yeah, life. that's just what they teach you to do. And, and so the system works against us. It, it's supposed to just work in their favor. The government wants us to only think that way because it's more beneficial for them. Mm-hmm. The person that pays the most taxes is the one that is an employee, and that's kind of sad because the people that make the most money are not an employee. Right. But the people that the, where the majority of the or yeah, the biggest portion of the tax money comes from is from somebody on a W-2. And not a lot of people look at that. But the percent, about 60 percent of everyone in the damn world is an employee. Now, one of my big goals, I want to help change that percent to go lower. I want to show more people how you do not have to do the only thing you were ever taught. But you got to find a good enough why. Like, why do you want the money? You can't just look at the materialistic stuff. I mean, like, don't don't just sit there and look at the Lambos, the Ferraris. Is all that stuff cool? Yeah. I mean, 100%. I'm not going to say it's not like a, a horrible thing. It's it's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's like, a good goal, goal to go for, but I, don't, I feel like that's probably not something that will nah, keep you going on long it's enough. It's not. You know, that's something that would be like, or, or even if you do get it, then it's like, oh, what now, you know? Exactly. Like, you got to have... More of a why, like what's a, what, what's something that will emotionally attach you to it, like that will actually make you drive. For me, it's retiring my parents and actually making a difference in the world is like what I run for. Now, even if I fail, at least I tried, mm-hmm. you know, it's like mm-hmm. one of those situations. It's like I don't, any, a person can look at failure in a bad way. And it's like, well, realistically, if you fail, that's just an opportunity to learn. Right. I'm like, now you know what not to do. If you start scratching off the not to do things, then you probably, the to do things get a little bit smaller and a little bit easier. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> pr- really probably the best way to learn, you know, because then you fucking for sure have it down. <laughs> well, yeah. A whole lot of people, like, they got to do so much research into stuff. They're like, oh, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. I don't know. Dude, just take action. That is literally, that'll solve your problem. Mm-hmm. Just, just go out and do it. Like, quit trying to make it perfect. And I was bad about that for a while myself. Like, I'm not. Like you, ju- you just got to go do it. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, I would like sit there and wait. I can I can explain this in the trade, like trading the market perfectly. Why is because I would want the very just perfect entry point. Yeah, I mean you could do that, or change your analysis a little bit and realize that you don't need the perfect entry point. You don't need it down to that exact pipette. You don't need it. Instead. Change your time frame or, or, um, you know, just actually that, that's like probably the easiest way to do it. Honestly, is just change your time frame. It's like, because if you know in 15 minutes, it's going to be higher. Don't do a three minute trade. I guess. So people kind of get locked into that, but really if they just kind of step back and take a look at the, their other options. Well, yeah, look at it. Cause yeah, like yeah. you're looking too close at that point. I mean, and they always tell you like, like the closer you look at something, the less you're actually going to see. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, you can look at it in a very particular way, you know, and you can be like, okay, this is a good spot, all right? But now change your time frame and now look at where it's going to be overall. Now you don't, you understand, you don't need the very precise entry point. You know, that's, not, that's not necessary. Mm-hmm. 
Why? Because you're well aware everything about this says where it's going. And I mean, that's like another thing with just people in general. It's kind of like a goal setting thing now that I'm thinking about that. Okay. So like when it comes to goal setting, you got to understand that you're going to have to put goals in place that scare the living shit out of you. But then now you got to break it down and simplify it on how to achieve it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can't let it scare you to the point you quit. You got to let it scare you to the point that now you're just, you want to figure out how in the hell I'm going to do that. Yeah. It's good to be scared too. So you grow <laughs> as a person, you know? Everyone yeah. some shit like that. It's like a humanity thing, man. It's just like you're kind of supposed to, right? Yeah. It's like when I am when I was 50 miles offshore in the ocean, I was terrified. And then we seen whales and they're like, dude, we should get close to these whales. I'm like, what do you mean? Absolutely not. <laughs> Fuck that whale. <laughs> and then, and then they're, they're like, but the whale can't eat you. And I'm like, I don't care about the whale eating me. I'm caring about the whale tipping the boat over and then I got to swim. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. So what does like your daily schedule look like? Just like an average day, you know? Well, this is what I this is what I try to do. I'm not perfect by any means, um, but re- in all reality, it just kind of boils down to a lot of like self development is kind of what makes me move. All right, so uh, I'll wake up in the morning. The first thing I'm gonna do is I drink Celsius energy drinks religiously. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm gonna get a Celsius, and I also take lion's mane pills. So I take three of those in the morning, and I wash it down with a Celsius. Jump in the shower, brush my teeth. What, what are those for? The lion's mane? Uh, it enhances focus like focus. a lot. Um, it's like memory too, right? Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to help with memory. Um, it's supposed to kind of enhance your focus and things like that. And it's like right now. That, I mean, I'm, I'm on. The, I took it this morning, and I drank a Celsius before I came over here. It's just like that. Yeah, it's what I do. It's more like a. It's just like a healthier kind of natural supplement right yeah it's supposed to be i mean i mean i'm not really gonna comment on how healthy it is i have no perfection on health (laughs) like i have no idea all i know is it makes me get things done i don't really care if it's bad for you so so. i'm just saying like like you can go and buy it it's not like anything like fucking crazy you know oh yeah no i those things i mean they're not the cheapest things in the world to be honest you can get them at that complete nutrition place up in williston like a nutrition store um i think that like the bottle of those are like 60 dollars so i mean like they're not overly cheap by any means but i mean you can kind of calculate into how much money would you be making without them <laughs> versus with them is kind of how i'm looking at it i gotcha so um, take a couple of those hop in the shower yeah hop in the shower get out brush my teeth all that stuff you know just get ready for the day and then at that point i have a daily planner and i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna look at that okay cool um, let's see if we got any meetings set up for the day. Um, if not, then now I got to try and set some meetings up for the day. Okay, it's like if I don't, that's that's not a good thing. That means I'm not really trying to I'm not really trying to go out there and freaking change anything. Um, so then I would from there uh, reach out to some people and um, see how everyone's feeling, things like that. Follow up with people, and then I. Um, like people on your uh, on your team? Yeah, like reach out to them, see how they're doing. Um, reach out to some new people on Facebook that don't even know it exists, stuff like that. And just like try and inform people about the opportunities, see if they want to hop on a call. And, and we, we can talk about it. We hop on a Zoom call. I'll break down the information. That's kind of what I do. And um, from there, um, I also have this wellness journal that it's like a kind of a daily reflection kind of thing, like a little bit of self-reflection. So you can sit there and you can look at the day before too. And as, you, as a scale that you can like track your mood. Um, That's an important thing that I feel like almost fucking everybody just like looks over, you know, just like how are you feeling on a day-to-day basis? And how it's you can important. that. Yeah, it's very, very important. Oh, yeah, that's how you judge everything. That's how you make every fucking decision on your life. So many yeah, people it, just it, go by... 
like how they're fucking feeling, you know? It's like And and another thing, like I don't think a person should really dig too deep into the past, to be honest. So like that's why I like to go on the idea of some daily just like self reflection, you know what I mean? So what I mean by not digging too deep into the past is because if you look too far backwards, how can you possibly be looking forward to your essentially like if you're going to try and look back at something that happened three years ago, then you should probably already have a plan on where you're going to be three years from now. It's like, oh, so there's no point to go back that far because then you're just going three, year, three years backwards to look one day forwards. That doesn't make sense. That's what you're saying. It's like really not helping you at all. No. So like with that wellness journal, like it kind of helps me track it like this. Okay, what did I do? Like what I do yesterday. Okay, now I, I can look at what I did yesterday. I can kind of implement that into now how can i be better today than i was yesterday and if you try and go about it just on a day-to-day you're not going to really overwhelm yourself you're just trying to be a better person every single day Mm -hmm. to try and do better than what you did the day before rather than trying to compare what you've done for the past three years that doesn't really make sense gotcha yeah um it's just an easy way to just like kind of track everything and yes absolutely like the self-reflection thing that's that's a really big thing that people don't really overlook so like really a person should be like read write and listen every day that, that mm-hmm. that's a huge thing that i do read write listen every day yeah just um, improving one's oneself yeah 100 percent. you got to work on some self-development man like how do you expect to be a better person you know and it's yeah. just like especially like learning new shit you know yeah uh like personally who i listen a lot of is, is alex morton i know i've talked to you about that and stuff like that but if no one's ever checked him out like 100 percent. you want to get some inspiration going you want to get something done today damn listen to that guy it's yeah, <laughs> the best way to find him just for like a quick uh, YouTube, YouTube, you can just look up Alex Morton Mindset and you can subscribe. I, like I subscribe to his channel. You can 100% hop on that stuff. And, um, there you go. Hmm? Like, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nah, 100%. I think he's like the way he words things, the way he describes things. Obviously, everyone can get different things from different people. You know what I mean? So like right. I like how a lot of his situations are relatable for like me personally now. Maybe you're not you know, like really like him or anything like that. Then Grant Cardone's another one that I do listen to. He's a that guy. These guys make you feel lazy, and a person be like, "Well, that's not a good thing, right?" I'm like, "No, that's a great thing." Like right now, us talking that should make you feel lazy. If it's not making you feel lazy, why are you gonna go out there and try and do better? Like that that guy makes me feel lazy, and it makes me get out of bed. It makes me sit good, get down, do freaking 75 push-ups makes me do minute planks and stuff like that on a day-to-day basis oh yeah so those are your big motivators them two guys oh 100 percent. people that are easy to i listen to, to about four hours of them a day really oh wow yeah about four hours a day is, is spent just listening to them and people could you know you, you could look at that as kind of almost a waste of time but honestly it makes me do a lot more and well, when i'm saying i'm listening to them i'm not like you got to understand a lot you got 24 hours in a day i'm only spending four hours person's like well you got to be sleeping in there sometime too it's like well yeah but i'm talking about these four hours like how much time am i spending behind the wheel when i can be listening to these people or i'm going to be in the shower for 15 minutes so there's 15 minutes right there that's what i was gonna say yeah it's like and and, you know even if you're working on stuff you know you can be listening to that at the same time it's not like you're just sitting down solely focused on that it's like you right it's kind of like time yeah like you said like driving around or in the shower or something it's time that you're already taking out through the day you're just adding that to it to where you can pay attention yeah hundred percent. It's like I drive to Williston all the time. That's an hour drive. You know, you, you got time to listen. Hour there, hour back. Yeah. And there's two hours right there. Boom. Okay. It's just, it's, it's that simple. You kind of got to break down. Time management is a huge thing too, to be honest. Like, um, you should, a person should probably, it sounds like it's so repetitive. Nobody really wants to do it. 
and it's kind of trying to plan out every single day to be essentially the same concept mm-hmm. it sounds boring but it's not i mean look into really any millionaire they do the same thing almost every single day dude like i don't know I feel, me especially but i feel like a lot of people fucking just waste a lot of time without even realizing it like like does you you get an iphone right yeah does it give you the like the weekly updates of how much time you've been spending like your screen time i think it does yeah mine does that and like like i won't even think i'll be spending that much time but then it'll tell me like like four hours a day or three hours a day on my phone it's like holy shit am i really on that fucker that fucking much (laughs) you know what i mean like like, yeah like and then i I actively try not to you know other than like texting people back or say like i'm listening to something while either driving or whatever but it's like holy shit you do waste a lot of time just sitting on that fucker Oh, 100%. A person can get into, like, yeah, social media. You can find an endless. And that's another big thing I wanted to kind of touch on because, you know, from listening to all these people and stuff like that, social media's got good and it's also got bad. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, everybody craves the negative of it. It's like you don't, you hear a lot more about what people are doing that they shouldn't be than the people that are doing what they should be. And that's not so cool. Like, it, it really isn't because then it's going to drive you into a more negative way of thinking. It's like, uh, what's a good comparison to this? You know, like getting blasted out of the news, some like absolutely just terrible thing that happened. Oh, and it's just yeah. like, you know, that's going to put somebody in maybe like a bad mood. It might maybe make them mad or, you know, it kind of depends on what the situation is. But sometimes it can just make you flat out depressed. Honestly. That's like all mainstream news is right now. Yeah, yeah man. It's, it's, it's horrible. It's like, why are we so yeah. focused on this? Like, why can't we focus on like what, what what's good happening in the world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and then like. Like, say, like, Instagram, you know, like, people are just posting the good parts of their life onto there, but other people see that and compare themselves to it, and then they feel like shit about themselves, you know? Like, that's a big one that's going on with, like, kids nowadays, right? Yeah, they're just, dude. like, comparing themselves so much to other people that aren't even really that fucking happy, you know? And then they feel like shit about themselves. It's you, just, like, not fucking good for you. <laughs> no, it's horrible. Yeah. Like, you can't try and compare yourself to somebody else. And there's uh, so many factors as in come to, like, why you wouldn't do that. I mean, you know, for example, it's just like if I try and compare myself to you, well, we we didn't live in the same life. We didn't live in the same shoes. So why should I try to live in like, no, no, no. Instead, just implement what people are doing. Use the comparison. Um, You know, you don't really want to like look at them and be like, oh, man, that like I'm not in that good a shape. Like it make you feel down on yourself. Well, dude, it's you. It's like it's like you got to be able to look in the mirror. Like, would you follow you? And if the answer that's a no, then why would you expect anybody else to? Mm. It's just like, so, I mean, maybe you don't like what shape you're in. All right, cool. Get a gym membership, man. It's just like, it's it's that easy. You don't, you don't like how you look, change it. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. You you should be comparing yourself to yourself more than anyone else. You know, you know, like, like what you were saying about going through journaling, like how you were doing yesterday compared to what you can improve about it today. Yeah. Instead of like trying to look at, you know, what Alex Morton did yesterday and try and top that guy that, that that's not gonna that's not a real idea <laughs> like that doesn't yeah, make yeah, sense yeah. <laughs> like the guy first off is a lot older than me and he's also worth millions of dollars I can't do what he does yeah. I'm not there yet <laughs> it's can't just, do that in a day <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> like it's not possible um <laughs> so you know you get person is like just reflect on yourself not other people it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing it just matters what makes you happy very it's true. just like a person call me crazy for listening to those people for four hours a day. I don't care. It makes me happy, man. It's just like, it makes Very me do true. more. Very true. I totally agree with that. What, uh, is there any like 
personal goals you've been working on lately or business too kind of things you've been focusing on yeah so like that's like one of those things you want to break down to small chunks you set a big one that's scary with a deadline um so like personally i want to hit chairman 10 which is a rank within the organization i'm in and this is just for one of the streams of income i got goals for every single one of them okay this is just one of them so i want to hit this chairman 10 rank and it's just like what, is, what does that all entail? It's like, well, for those that don't really understand what all that means, that's actually a compensation plan. That's what you get rewarded for bringing more people onto the business and selling the vision to other people. That's all that is. That's the easiest way to break it down. Okay. And to do that, that would be having a team of, um, if I recall correctly, like 500 people, which oh, wow. is a lot. Yeah. Okay. So like how would a person like, okay, by the end of the this year. Like, well, how long have you been in? How many people on your team now? It's like, well, I'm not going to really look at that. Like, instead, it's a numbers game, man. It's like 100% a numbers game. So how you break that down, okay, Chairman 10, 500 people, okay? How, how can I show this to people? Okay, well, at that point, you, get, you start breaking it down on month to month. And then after you get the month to month down, you can break it down to a week to week. Once you get the week to week down, you can break it down to a day to day. Yeah, what I can do tomorrow to... Yeah. So like how many presentations do I need to be doing? How many people do I need to be talking to? And the most beautiful thing about actually being an IBO in this business is to meet, you meet so many people and it's actually kind of a cool thing. I'm not saying everyone's cool. Some people are kind of dickheads. You know what I mean? This is like, that doesn't mean everyone's cool, but you find like-minded individuals. You know what I mean? And when you find like-minded individuals, you can actually strive off one another. You can let that become yeah. a contagious mindset that just want makes you want to do better and and that's huge it's like a lot of people don't really understand that you gotta it's your environment is what's probably going to make you do whatever you're going to do for example take your five closest friends add up like you can put yourself in that too so you got like four, four people and then yourself and those uh four people whoever you spend the most amount of time with is what I'm talking about. So maybe they aren't like your biggest acquaintance or whatever. Mm -hmm. Whoever you spend the most amount of time with, take those four people, add yourself in there, and take all your incomes up and add them all together and divide it by five, and I bet it's damn close to yours. That's a one hell of a way to look at money. Because of the first time it was like somebody told me that, it kind of blew my mind because I thought about it. I'm like, no kidding, man. it's very, very real. It's like, okay... So if you want to do better, why don't you find people that are, for one, they either want to be doing better themselves, or two, they've already done it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just surround yourself with those kind of people. 100%. And it's like, like how, how else you expect to like start changing things? And that's where a lot of like political mindsets and stuff come from. This has a lot to do with like where you're from. I mean, yeah. personally, oh, yeah. I just, I stay away from politics anymore because it's very negative. I don't really understand why it's got to be that way, but that's just how it is. So I don't really like to talk about it. It's just like, it's very aggravating and it's just like, you can't really seem to get forwards. Me too, man. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, so it's just like, yeah, it's just a topic that doesn't really matter. Because um, at the end of the day, what are me and you going to do about it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, what are we sure. going to do? Um and I don't know. So like that, that's one goal, the chairman tenants. And we got procedural field services where me and Brad, we built this company and we got work and I want to expand. So one huge goal by the end of the year for procedural field services is to get work in Texas, um, which means expansion down to Texas from here, which would be big. That would be very big. I'm not sure if a whole lot of people are aware of it. 
are not but like right now we're in north dakota and you know this is like an oil field town and stuff like that which is plum fine and it's actually picking up right now like everything's right. kind of coming yeah. coming together but texas is freaking booming and i don't know if a lot of people know that it's <laughs> solid right now <laughs> yeah so it's just like that shit going on what's that with the, everything freezing the oh yeah had <laughs> dude it's, it's like crazy. what what happened <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah th- that, that would be fucking huge getting mm-hmm. worked down in texas absolutely um and then like I want to be in better shape and stuff like that. And honestly, I got to sit down and even do like some more um, like goals on that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's just like when I'm talking about, you know, you should probably be doing these things on a daily basis and a person be like, well, you're talking and maybe you don't. And it's like, well, right, dude, I'm human. I'm like, I, yeah. I, I, I cannot yeah. be perfect. Perf- Perfection doesn't exist, first off. That, that, that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if anyone really understands that either. Because a lot of people expect perfection. It's like, but are you perfect? Yeah. It's, it's an impossible standard. I totally agree. And then, yeah, you do a lot of, like, trying to learn, right? Learn more and more every day. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's like listening to those people, uh, reading the books, like the 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. They, they, that'll make you feel lazy. That book right there will make you feel freaking lazy because <laughs> yeah. like, like how he explains how he did what he did. And for people that don't really understand Grant Cardone, um, he went from like absolutely rock bottom with a bit of a like a really bad drug problem. OK, when he was in his early 20s mm-hmm. to now he's a multi-billionaire. Gosh. So what's the name of that book again? That that's the that one's called the 10X rule. He's also 10X got like rule. if you're trying if you're in sales or something like that, and I haven't read this book yet, so it's hard for me to comment on it, but somebody did tell me that it's a good book. So if you're in sales, um Sell or Be Sold by Grant Cardone is also apparently another really good one. I will also read it, but uh you mean I haven't got to that one yet. Um the 10X rule. Another really good book for people that are out there just trying to like understand how to implement a different mindset and become like it's, it's kind of a contagious mindset because like you kind of got a grind mindset and so do i and that makes it a lot easier when you are around people that have that same mindset mm-hmm. it's it'll just make you go do more um exactly. yeah it goes back to what you were talking about earlier you know getting around people like that a hundred percent but the book the compound effect the compound effect by darren hardy that is a very very good book that makes you understand that one small habit can completely change your entire life. If you put a good habit in that's small and you start implementing that daily, which is going to lead you to doing a different habit that's also good on a daily basis. For example, okay, when me and Jade, you know, Jade got me into this business, right? And this is a very good example. He got me in and we didn't really know what we were doing. <laughs> like I'm not even gonna lie, we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> we're just going out there and you know just trying to get it done. And you know you're gonna fall on your face. That's gonna happen quite a few times, honestly. But it's kind of more about if you can pick yourself up and keep going. Are you just gonna do, figure out what you got to do better? A hundred percent is really all it comes down to. Or if you're just gonna fall on your face and quit. I mean, like, you're not gonna get anywhere doing that. Right. But you will fall on your face starting business stuff like that. It's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, it's like, but it's kind of what you do with it. Did you just learn from it and do better, or did you just give up? Yeah, it's kind of breaks it down to that. But I put a video in our group chat, and it's all about this. Ah, what the, what the hell's the name of that guy? Um, he's like a, 
he did a very, very good speech somewhere down in Texas, Yeah, I think, and it's a military guy. It was all about, like, the SEALs training, and he talks about how every day starts the same way. And they, I mean, they pretty much implement the same thing every single day on a daily discipline kind of grind. But he exploits why just making your bed every morning is so important. David Goggins. Yeah. yeah, yeah All right. And like because of that video right there, I make my bed every morning, and so does Jade because I showed it to him. It's just why? Because you accomplished one small task of the day, which is going to make you want to accomplish more. Yeah. It's very small. It's very easy. But it's anything that's very easy to do is also just as easy not to do, if not easier. Mm-hmm. So it's just like Prince got to keep that in mind. And then I think on that video, and then he says like, Towards the end, he says, yeah, and then even if you end up having a shitty day, you come home to a bed that's nice and made, you know? Absolutely. But like, It's a that, comforting thing to come back to. Yeah, yeah. All that shit is so true, though, because, I mean, like, really, fucking, like, your life is just a bunch of these, like, small moments, you know? I mean, if you really took them and add them up, like, like, like say I, I come home from work every day and talk with my girlfriend. If I don't like how, like, she greets me when I get home, if you add all that up to me doing that my whole life, that's like that's like months, probably fucking years of my life, you know, mm-hmm. of shit like that. Like that shit, really fucking does matter how how you how you react to everything on a day to day basis and just how everything goes, you know. Like if you're not trying to make it the best it can be, it's like what the what's the fuck's even the point of it, you know? Absolutely, and and Darren Hardy is so good at exploiting that in the compound effect. Like that book is is a beautiful book. Uh, and it's also a very easy read. It's not even that long. Really? So anyway, everybody should read it, I think. Like 100%. Yeah. It's going to make you think about some things different. And he also exploits like what he did to help his marriage. And this is kind of, I'm just going to give you like a, a little bit of a taste of what, he, what he's got going on in this book. But uh-huh. this is just like, he can exploit this in any way, shape, or form. You want more money? Okay, he's going to talk about that. Or, or he's, this is going to help you with that. Or you want to get in better shape, you want to eat healthier, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But this, yeah, and this happens to be an example with just a relationship. He started noticing himself paying attention to a lot more of the negatives of what his wife was doing, what he disliked about that. And so he caught on to that he was really focusing on what he didn't like. And that was a problem. So what he did, you got to train your mind to think differently. So this is what he did. He got a journal, okay? And every single day, every day, at the same time, he wrote down what his wife did that he liked that day. And he did it every day for 365 days. And then for the anniversary, he gave that to her as a gift. Wow. And that was just because by the end of that year, dude, he wasn't no longer ever looking at what he what she did that he didn't like. She, he just would sit there and focus on what he loved about her. Yeah, it's just that shift in mindset of how you look at things. And that's yeah. what, like, a person, I'm not saying, because, like, I've done it before, like, just sit there and pick apart somebody about, like, what they're doing that I dislike. Yeah. I've done it. But, I mean, you can train your mind to not think that way. It is possible. Oh, oh it's and it's with everything. Like, or even, like, like going to do something, like, say, at work, you know? You can just sit and think, like, oh, man, I don't want to fucking do this. This is going to suck. This is going to be shitty. Or you could go, like, and think, like, man, this is not really that bad right now. You know, I'm with... I'm working with these guys. We're all making money together, you know? Nothing's fucking going wrong. No one's getting hurt, you know? It's just, it's just all about how you fucking look at shit, man. It's Absolutely. So and that's why I think that book is so great because, I mean, just yeah. like that, that's just one example, and that happens to be a relationship example, And which, with that being said, no one would come to me with relationship advice. I'm not good with that. <laughs> 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 like, don't, don't sit here and think, like, I'm good with the ladies or something like that. I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like that, that you you want to you want to know how to make some money i can help you with that but i mean not not uh not women <laughs> uh, well nick where can uh where can people find you um i mean i got a instagram page and i got a facebook page um you just look up my name nick armor um should be able to find it he's right. sitting there in a suit i guess i'll put them down in the description do you have anything up and coming that people could uh find out and uh get to it any events or anything well actually man yeah we're, we're trying to get this live event going um here soon and i would put a, a very particular date in mind but I, first off i got to figure out location of course we just got it narrowed down to two and i actually just got to make the phone call and i'll probably do that tomorrow and uh, figure out where it's going to be but if you give me a follow or uh, an ad on facebook or something like that it will be posted um and anyone can come and we'll just go over um a lot of the things that we do as a team together and make some money and anyone's welcome absolutely i love it yeah nick i fucking you've lived a crazy ass fucking life i didn't even know a lot of that fucking shit that happened with that accident stuff man that's crazy and you are a very motivating guy to talk to and thank you for coming on man hey thanks for having me